With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Before that, it was just fun and games, but now there's people listening. And, you know, for those who haven't been listening up until now, and for those people who are still going to join us, if they're going to join us, or call in, because John's bribed someone to call in, uh, it could even be a traveler from uh, Central America. It could be even a, 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 a urine aficionado. It could be some, anybody. It could be anybody. But, but the, the reference that's important is, our health is our responsibility, and we do this show because we think we can help you all be healthier if you want to become healthy. We can't do anything. Adam's from Terrace, he doesn't have any license to do anything here in the States. John flies planes. Uh, Dr. Stump is 92 years old, and he's been sharpening his scalpel, but they won't give him a license. Mm-hmm. Now, so what does he do with his spare time? He goes out with his what? Yeah, we're done for four girlfriends he's got. Uh, right, Doc? Uh, do what now? I said, you, when you spare time, I said, you hang around now that uh, you can't practice medicine. You hang around with four new girlfriends. Is that correct? Well, partially. <laughs> well, I'm sorry to well, fill you know, the that's, that's That's the ability. When you have a few miles under your feet... You can answer. It's like Adam says, yes, no, maybe. Yeah, I like that approach. Yes, no, maybe. Uh, i tell you one thing about getting older. It beats the alternative. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that is, I'm sorry. That is so overrated. And by the way, it reminds me of something right off the top of my head. There's a, uh, there's a film festival in, in uh, New Jersey. They call it the Tribeca Film Festival. Uh-huh. And there was a movie entitled Vaxxed. I'll repeat that in case you didn't hear it. Vaxxed. Again, Vaxxed. V-A-X-X-E-D. And this movie was so horrendous that they made Robert De Niro pull it off of the screening. And he, and he has an autistic child, second wife or fifth wife or ninth wife. I don't know which one, but he's got an autistic child. And, you know, so everybody's been picking on him when it's our dear friend's in the pharmaceutical industry who finance movies to write them off, who told him to, to scrub it. And then we find out, thanks to Mike, uh, Mike Adams, it's the Sloan Foundation. Those nice people do all this public radio or television stuff, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, your favorite Nazis. Here we are. Yeah. Can you do the high Hitler? High Hitler. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the movie is valuable because the... Dr. Wakefield is, again, a doctor, if you want to go back to the British realm. He's been reinstated. And he's been maligned, and he's been threatened to be hung. And we've been trying to get him on the show, but, you know, he's he's hiding because they want to hang him. But the movie is so powerful, and if enough people see it, all of a sudden we would see a shriveling of the great snake of pharmacopoeia. And his body would shrivel up, and its head would become contorted. 
and its fangs would become all curly cues around, and its eyes would go crossed, and it would die. When is it going to be in the, in the theaters, Patrick? <clears throat> this week in New York City. If you've got tickets, you've got to get tickets in advance, though. Okay, so I guess it's a countrywide distribution then, eh? Well, dear Dr. Wakefield doesn't understand how it works. He's a doctor, but see, in the advertising business, you always use the P.T. Barnum uh, rule. As long as they put you in the papers, you don't care what they say. <laughs> yeah, you <he's... laughs> You know, and then we did the band this at a, at a festival hosted by Robert De Niro, our favorite dress-and-drag tough guy. You know, I mean, they can't attack our fantasy world. You know, they've already got us under subjugation. We're all under the, under the, you know, we're all under economic servitude. Now they want to take our fantasy away. They won't even let us see the new movies. This is bad. Well, Patrick, what's the story on uh, Robert De Niro there? It wasn't his first wife. They had a son who was autistic, and he's all upset about this inoculation. Am I correct on that, or...? Well, his statement that I won't read for you says, I wanted to have a discussion. I thought the movie would be portent to a discussion. And those people who donate money to the movie industry thought it would be a horrible idea, so they started putting the screws on. Hmm. You know, it's censorship. And, and and what a perfect time. God, are they just playing into our... They're playing right into our hands, John. You know, I mean, not less than minutes ago, uh, I helped invade Hawaii. I mean, this has been there for a long time, but now we've, we're invading another portion of Hawaii, and we'll invade another portion of Romania, then we'll invade another portion of, of Hungary. Oh, again... Again, you mentioned the name Hesh and Hesh Goldstein, who's come on the show a few times, but he is our uh, resident, uh, what, Soya Matrix director in Hawaii, and he's selling more sulfur than Carter's got liver pills. So mm-hmm. apparently a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Is, is Carter still selling liver pills? <laughs> I don't know if they're still available, are they? I, that's an old-time expression. Well, no, Adam would know because he takes all that stuff back to Antares and they laugh. <laughs> it's the uh, the pink pills for pale people, wasn't it? Uh, pink pills for pale people. I think well, they shortened makes... the name. I think they uh, they had a longer name for them, but they're actually selling those pills still, to my knowledge. You know what they think... con- you know what they consisted of? Herbs or what? Mm, I'm really not sure. A lot of times. So-called pharmaceuticals over the counter are really herbs. Like, look at Exlax. It was squalene, mm-hmm. the main thing. Now they changed it, I think, to uh, what is it? Uh, Senna and some other chemical to make it look official, yeah. make it look pharmaceutical. Just like you know, they're uh, they're selling uh, fish liver oil pills for exaggerated prices, millions of dollars. The pharmaceuticals are making on them just by calling it a drug and selling the same thing. Add yeah. a little chemical to it. By the way, it works better. Yeah, and, and this really has nothing to do with the, the current discussion of vaccines, but except I think it does. Uh, Adam has been spotted uh, running up and down in front of Oprah's house and Ellen's house with a big sign saying, Yellow fat kills, yellow fat kills. Uh-huh. The only complaints we've had, he had, doesn't have any clothes on. Also, well, white, white muscle disease it causes and mulberry heart. We're not told this, so. Well, what's define mul- mulberry heart? 
That's one of the conditions from eating fish oils and other oils. It's like an excess. Now, if, if we have enough vitamin E and enough selenium and enough sulfur, actually, you have protection. But they're making it out like these are primary diseases, in other words, the vitamin E deficiency. But it is because of the polyunsaturated fatty acids, which we eat far too many of it. And DHT is really a poison that they've actually turned into some kind of a miracle drug. Well, you're well you know, there's, before the fall, a miracle drug can make you think it's working. Yep. We have toxins in food. Like, look in Greenland. You, you eat Greenland shark up there. They have to ferment it, otherwise you die. The, the fermentation process destroys the uh, toxins in the fish, and so then they eat it. It smells like uh, ammonia. I hear it really tastes terrible, but they eat it anyway. <laughs> well, hey, you eat what you got. <laughs> Pretty much that was probably how they started eating it in the first place. Yeah, I mean, do you have replicators on Antares? Did you say, I want a, a pepperoni pizza with uh, chives and uh, olives? Is that what you and it makes it? I didn't quite get that. Do you have replicators on Antares where you say, I would like a pepperoni pizza with uh, chives and, and yeah. olives? That's fermented, too. The cheese is fermented. <laughs> the, uh, the dough is raised, which is fermented, and the meat. <laughs> yeah, but, hey, uh, Adam, just if I bring this up again, we might have new listeners, but cheese, and, you know, being Italian, I love my cheese, and, of course, it's got its problems. Uh, but Aspergillus niger is the catalyst now that they they it's no longer the natural, um, what is it, uh, uh, cows, the calf stomach, uh, unless you get your really European cheeses, it will say animal rennet. But yep. most of the cheeses have got this Aspergillus niger. And incidentally, uh, I think I brought this up before, but Bino, you know, B is in boy, Bino, that's the supplement you take if you have gas. Aspergillus niger. <laughs> yeah, you brought that up. Uh, yeah. So yeah. why? look at what we're exposed to without uh, our knowledge. And like our good buddy, Doc Mike, who might be talking to us, uh, he always claims Hosea 4.6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. And it's true. I mean, so much of this. And a quick example earlier, I wanted to mention it there, Patrick, you were talking about uh, uh, taking different stuff. I just talked to a friend of mine, I actually worked with him, and he's over-the-counter drugstore uh, one-a-day vitamin. And you know what? I try to explain. And <laughs> Well, now, hang on just a minute. Hang on. Did you ask him if he has uh, stock in squib? Well, the point is that he's delusional, thinking that that's going to cover the bases with all these deficiencies we have in our food chain. And, okay, but uh, now, now, how are you, an educated Italian who flies planes, going to convince him that maybe what he needs is just to add sulfur back into his diet without he doesn't have to quit his one a day vitamins. He doesn't have to do that. He doesn't have to quit it. Not listening. And he and, and he and he and he may cease doing anything else except smiling and laughing at your dumb jokes. Well, I don't uh, <laughs> I'm not a comedian so I don't tell the jokes. But the fact is that I just try you're, to tell the truth and, and people don't listen. I had, Hey, now I had someone mention to me this who called on the phone. She said, how come sulfur hasn't made John an optimist? 
I am an optimist. I'm, this is I mean, a lady asked me. How come John isn't an optimist? Well, how does she understand that I'm a pessimist? I mean, I don't understand that. I mean, the glass is half full. It's not half empty. I'm sorry, but uh, okay, excellent. We, we, we've answered that question. Right. I, I I think of John as a truth teller. There's a difference. Oh there my you, God! Thank you, Adam. That's that's what I like to be called. Oh no! I you know this it's um. What's interesting about this particular period in time, where we're ending the third month of the year 2016, and uh, if I can judge anything by the calls I'm getting from people, um, there is a desire to change what's going on, even before we decide what the change is. What's the current contemporary example? Donald Trump, even Bernie Sanders, they're outsiders. People are clamoring for their attention and pushing. Why? Because they're outsiders. They want to change. So, yeah, it's very apparent, Patrick. I will agree with that. Well, and um, it fits right into our hands. You know that we have already dispatched the agents of the Crystal Matrix worldwide. Mm-hmm. You knew that, didn't you, John? Well, and we didn't know yeah. it because you were working. Yeah, I had uh, I had knowledge of that. And so, uh, you know, when when you when you talk to someone in in Hawaii who has this wonderful coffee farm and 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 lives and has people come and visit him, he's got a constant flow of people. And so we have another stronghold in Hawaii. You know, I mean, it's 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 like if you're going to defend the trees, then you better get somebody by each and every one of the trees, otherwise you're not going to defend the trees. And so uh, as as the study grows, we get more and more people who realize that it, this is their hood, and, you know, it's their job to let the people in the hood know that they should be adding sulfur to their diet so the hood won't be a bad place to visit. <laughs> you know what you just alluded to? I was not aware of until a few years ago when a friend of mine uh, got involved, but uh, there is excellent coffee being grown in Hawaii. I was not aware of that. Well, this person who was, we won't use his name, this is unkind, but his um, website is terracottagehawaii.com. And that's the cottage that you can come and stay at. But in the meantime, he grows really, really good coffee. Now, why do I say that? He drinks his own coffee. Kona coffee, I believe they That's call it. What, thank you, Kona. Yeah. Well, I didn't say he smoked his own coffee. I said he drank, <laughs> drank it. <laughs> that, you know, seriously, that used to be the number one crop in uh, Hawaii until they cracked down on him, and now tourism is back in number one. Well, now, I want to know how the sugar cane fit into it because it fits into history so remarkably. That's pretty much been taken over by the beet sugar industry here in the United States, which uh, in mainland, which is now, by right. the way, a hundred percent Where did the cane sugar come from? Uh, considering where the, uh, the coffee didn't come originally from Hawaii, it was sort of brought there by sneaky Arabs who were trying to blow something up, who had visited Brazil and stole that stuff. It was brought there by the French, I believe. See, I told you, sneaky arrows. (laughs) I saw Casablanca. I know what's going on. I know what's going on. 
Forgive me, because we didn't send you the orders. So we are moving forward. It's a reversal of the Battle of the Bulge where no one dies and the enemy goes bankrupt. Yay. Not bad. I was like, I found a good scenario. And the guy who wrote um, the screenplay or the, or the story about Cocoon, and I've written to him and asked him if he wants to be involved in Organic Sulfur, the musical. <laughs> what was the response you received? And I wrote it today. I don't know. I've gotten back. <laughs> oh, okay. Current. You know, I mean, it's, uh, it's the um, we, we've got Nashville, Tennessee, even though Spike's on the phone because he's busy. And uh, and I don't mean, you know. We we don't need anybody to talk. I mean, they haven't shot John. And is everybody still here? Everybody's still okay. So uh, it's the it's the word. Whether it's a religion or whether it's a dictatorship or whether it's a re- remarking at the the beauty of the sunrise, it's the word. And what I'm experiencing with sulfur is the word is never discouraging. The old, million, uh, you know, old Western song, the old discouragement, discouraging word. <laughs> Yeah, his yeah, chemical, like Superman wears the chemical uh, symbol of sulfur, doesn't he? Oh, is that what the S is for? Sure. Yes. <laughs> and and we, we're sort of discussing whether or not we should sue his fanny over that, but, I, you know, we don't do that. You know, the uh, if he can get S, the atomic number S, or the atomic letter S, into more people's visions as far as what they need to do with their bodies, uh, I invited Aaron Elizabeth to come on the show to talk about, you know, all these doctors they're killing and see if she really has an alibi. Uh, it's, you know, it's evil cannot stand the light of day. And when the truth allows evil to shine in the darkest of hearts, then evil is driven away. Oh, you're bringing, up, you're bringing up Dick Cheney again, the darkest of hearts? And I discussed that with this fellow from Hawaii. I said, you know, we've posted that if he would just take organic sulfur, he'd become a nice guy. And he, he like you, uh, totally disagreed. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another truthful person, uh, Patrick. <laughs> just don't uh, go hunting with Dick Cheney. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you end up like his buddy did there. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and don't find yourself working for the man. You know, in addition to that, uh, you mentioned that there, Adam. Don't go to a hunting lodge, and you end up like Justice Scalia. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Oh, oh uh, my! My fan- fantastic researcher sent me a thing about the signs that we're seeing. Because the day after Scalia was found suicided or dead or whatever, um, there were thirteen golden eagles that were found dead a short distance from where he was found dead. Is that a fact or is that? Yeah. You can, you know, you can go online and look it up. And then there are the other, you know, all all these other neurological things and all and on and on and on. And, um, you know, leading up to doom and gloom, and I, I really don't think I responded uh, to it, but my response would be, you know, if we have our health, everything else that these clowns would want to do becomes irrelevant. And in, in the movie Vax, you know, Andrew Wakefield says, I'm irrelevant. No, he's not. He cares about kids. 
How can you be irrelevant if you care about kids and you care about moms? Wow, mom. Now, John, you had a mom. I never spoke to her, but I knew she existed. And almost everyone, we're not sure about Adam, had a mom. Richard had a mom. And and yet our politicians, even 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 Donald said, well, I think we should shoot all those women who've had uh, abortions. Uh, he was pretty forceful on it, wasn't he? Well, ignorance is, you know, he's a, he, he's a sperm donor. What does he know about making a baby? Well, the fact is that, you know, God's law, these women that have abortions, they're going to have to pay for it in the hereafter, so. That's, that's God's law. God will do the paying. He'll, he'll, do the, he'll get the retribution handled. It's not something we do. Okay. If you want to think that, then, then, then damn it. He died and was put on the cross and was resurrected for no good reason. Yeah, but we still have to follow his laws, and his laws says, thou shalt not kill, and abortion well, I, is murder. So, who, 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 no, where does it say who enforces that law? Every well, soldier is going to be in big trouble, no matter what they fought for. Revolution yeah, yeah, even, if they ran, if they, even if they went out to fight the Midians under his command. Uh, the uh, the judgment is is the white throne judgment. Even if you're an atheist who lives in a Scientology community in Nebraska. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, an atheist has no place in heaven, <laughs> in residence with God Almighty. Hey, well, and, you know, and, and, I, and I talked to a guy who sort of holds the reins to the door. It's not St. Peter, and uh, he says it's his call. If you want to make that call for him, don't bother. It's his call. <laughs> Patrick, we got about a minute before the break, and if I could just put on the table, uh, last week, uh, Adam, you alluded to the fact that you were having a, a show on Friday night, I believe it was, and I'm sure it's a long hour, two-hour show, but you were going to talk about this uh, yellow uh, fat. So yep. if you can bring us up to date on the return from the break, I would be appreciative of it because you got a lot of knowledge there, and it's totally new to me. And uh, maybe you can highlight some of the uh, the good points about. Yeah, and, and by the way, tomorrow night, Mrs. Trump and Mrs. Cruz will be mud wrestling at, at Madison Square Garden at 9 p.m. Tickets are expensive. Hulk Hogan will be doing the referee. <laughs> and but regarding what um, uh, you know, the, the question regarding yellow fat. If man, if man messed with it, you probably shouldn't do it. And so we'd be back. Well, we're not, I haven't even heard the music yet, so we don't have to go away. No, no, you know, I, I, was, just, I wanted Frank, to eat the music, so. Yeah, Frank wants to go feed the chickens. They don't eat at night. Patrick, come on, it's dark out there. <laughs> now, he, no, he's not one of these modern farmers. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. The sun is still up where Frank is hiding in his bunker. Okay, now the music is starting. <laughs> All right, we'll see everyone in five. And remember, vaxxed. Vaxxed. Mother Earth smiles again. Now the lilacs could bloom. Now the fields could go greener. The day that the rains came down, birds were born. Love was born. The young birds will grow So our young love Will grow 
realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
Chicago. All right. Hey, you don't have Rahm Emanuel with you, do you? Uh, no, he's uh, electing a new police uh, chief of the city uh, tonight. Uh, they're all drinking someplace and probably, uh, you know, cavorting a little bit at a uh, bathhouse. That's his thing, you know. So, uh, uh, hold on a minute, Mike. On the Mike show. Hold on a minute, Mike. And Patrick, uh, can hey, I, John? Can I make an introduction on Doc Mike? Because Doc Mike, Doc Mike used to have his own show here with Frank Steffens on American Voice Radio. Had it for multiple, multiple years. Then he got busy and he started going to the countries on these medical missions and he had to take a break. But uh, I'm sure some of our listening audience remembers Doc Mike. And if they wanted to call in and, and ask him a question, I think that would be okay, Patrick. But again, the call in number is 800 932 1980. 800-932-1980. And uh, i got to tell you folks out in the audience that I mentioned about Doc Mike on my part where years ago when I couldn't walk and <laughs> Doc worked on me in 20 minutes and I'm running up and down the stairs and I haven't had a problem or a re- setback since. So i got a lot to be uh, thankful for old Doc Mike. Uh, uh, and of course, he's the guy we uh, always talk about uh, him quoting Hosea 4.6, my people perish for lack of knowledge. So with that introduction, take it away, Doc Mike. <laughs> okay, well, I just got back from three months in Ecuador um, at 12,000 feet in the Andes, about two miles up the photographer's paradise, and I think I saw Jesus' sandals from there. It's, it's yeah. so beautiful up there, 75 degrees, right on the equator, just south of the equator, and um, it's beautiful every day, sunrise, sunset. And uh, I treated about 250 people while I was down there in those three months and brought back some pictures of uh, sugar poisoning uh, because that's one of my things about getting rid of these pharmaceutical companies, how they use aspartame and Splenda and uh, raw sugar in a lot of products and uh, causing a lot of diabetes and um, cancers and things like that. Otto Warburg found that in 1930 that, uh, sugar causes cancer. It's the death of the immune system. Stops the absorption of calcium. Uh, uh, lowers vitamin B. Damages the liver and all kinds of things that you know your refined sugars <clears throat> and candy bars, puddings, pies, pop, um, cookies, all, all your sugared treats and things like that are death of the immune system. And I'm trying to work with the culture down there to help them get off of this. Uh, There's more Coca-Cola trucks down there than there is water trucks. Well, that makes sense. More profit. Yeah, right. Well, that's the thing. 
And that's what yeah. we're working with, too, is if there's no money in it, the, the medical trade is not going to uh, work with it. Now, you're, you're probably familiar with this GCMAF. John yeah. introduced me to uh, some of the uh, components that uh, cause all these problems, like Nagalase, which are right. in these vac- vaccinations. And I was at a website today that explained it very, very lucidly and, um, and, and about the dead doctors like Bradstreet and so on. Um, and we're, now, we're, can you share, now, would you share that? Would you have that website in front of you so you can share it with us? I have to apologize. I'm going to probably get it tomorrow morning, and okay. uh, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you. It's at YouTube. Um, if, no, it's at Google. If you put in uh, um, uh, uh, GCMAF and the dead doctors, it gives you a whole lineup of these different links. And I yeah, I, I invited Aaron to be on the show tonight, Aaron Elizabeth. Now, what you, you know, we haven't spoken for a long time, and uh, what. When I read Jeff Bradstreet's report on GCMAF, I just sat back in, in my chair and said, no, hold a minute, this is exactly what I'm hearing about sulfur. Exactly what I'm hearing about sulfur. Well, I've, I've told many people about your program, and uh, people have ordered it, and they're doing tremendously well because, you know, for 18 years, you no, know, going on 18 years now, all I've been doing is oxygen and ozone therapies. And now we've got uh, quadrazone, which is adulterated uh, fecal matter in homeopathic. Yeah. And then we have penzone, which is like uh, O5, uh, which is unadulterated um, fecal matter and mother's milk and so on. This stuff is so, it's the most powerful stuff I've ever used. And I'll give people my website, Wake Up Well. Dot org, wakeupwell.org, make sure it's ORG, and they can contact me. I have this stuff here. We just knocked out a case of um, uh, Lou Gehrig's disease in uh, uh, Florida. The guy was dying of it. They told him he was a dead man walking. He's now playing soccer with his kid. Every uh, uh, bit of his symptoms are gone, and uh, the guy's doing real well. And we know that it cures everything, basically. Go ahead. Hey, Mike. Somebody, somebody's breathing into their uh, telephone over yeah. there, their microphone. And you check your distance from your microphone there. There's like a, a static on it from somebody's breath. Yeah, it might be static. Michael, if I may, uh, before you leave here, you might want to say to an old friend of yours uh, who's listening here, the co-host, Dr. Richard Elstump. <laughs> Hello, Mike. Hello, Doc Stump. How you doing? Oh, great. How about yourself? I'm doing fantastic, I'll tell you. Uh, this work that I'm doing is so gratifying. I know the, the work that you did as a doctor and, and losing your license and so on probably had the same feeling that I do. When you see people get well, I've got hundreds and hundreds of referrals uh, from my patients and um, through the Internet people snooping around, finding things. Uh, we have a special women's clinic in, uh, Mad- in just west of Madison, Wisconsin. Uh, they killed this lady. She's a widow. They killed her husband with fentanyl after he went in complaining of sciatic pain. 
He wound up with bone cancer. Then they went on a fishing mission. They told him he had prostate cancer. And then they told him that he had a lung problem. They did an, a, a surgery on his lungs, gave him fentanyl, which causes respiratory depression and death. Thirteen hours later, he was dead. And his widow is on fire. She is, you think I got a lot of uh, pep and power and drive to help people get well? You should see this lady. It's amazing what she's doing, and she's not afraid of anybody. And it's a wonderful clinic up there. We're doing a new theory that she came up with a name for. I've been doing it for quite some time. It's very intimate work with women, but it's called Hormone Receptor Intimate Therapy. And we're opening all the hormone receptors in the reproductive area of these women. And, uh, hey, Johnny, can you find out who's breathing into the phone? No, it's not breathing, Michael. It's, I think it's on your end. Uh, it's a bad connection, I think. Well, yeah, it's, it's more when you me. called me earlier, that noise wasn't there. It's, it's on somebody's line there. Is, is somebody on a cell phone possibly with, uh, with a speaker? Well, I'll stop breathing, and you probably still heard it. <laughs> yeah, all of you there, stop breathing for 10 minutes. We'll see where it is. <laughs> I'll, I'll do the rest of the show. <laughs> oh, you certainly have the experience, Mike. So. <laughs> uh, I might be back one of these days. You know, I, I miss radio, and I'm, I'm going to be a guest on uh, Jennifer Daniels' show. We're going to be talking about urine therapy there. Um, and I was a guest on uh, Patrick Timponi's show. Uh, I had a tremendous response for the uh, fecal matter that we're doing. And uh, uh, just it's, this, this is... You know that's a bunch of crap, don't you? Very <laughs> good. <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> you know, Doc uh, Stump, they've been doing the fecal implants uh, since 1958. Can you give us a little comment on what you experienced or what you didn't experience with fecal therapy or fecal implants? I didn't with it myself. I wouldn't. Uh, I, I can't. Uh, I can't accept the theory. The theory is. Uh, I mean, you, you get phenomenal results, but you can. Um, as everyone knows, you can give anything and get results if you if you present it in a proper manner. But the theory, the theory that I uh, I think I spoke about it a few weeks ago. Number one, the main reason people are sick has nothing to do with disease. It's the lack of the essential minerals and vitamins. So in fecal matter, uh, people who are sick, you're not going to get any essential mineral vitamins. You're not going to recover from anything. Now, what what research did you find that in, Doc? Okay, because my head. fecal matter has no first of all it has no bacteria in it. Okay, and what we're Where using now. That? Pardon? What's that got to do with anything? I said they have no essential minerals or vitamins to speak of. That's why they have what we call illness. Most yeah, people well, be you know, sick. You, they didn't eat the food and get exposed to the poison that's put into them. So no, you go no, to the fecal matter, all you're going to get out of it is the same poison the guy took to start with. Doc, these syndromes are are 
inherited, uh, not inherited, but uh, injected into these people. This is antibiotic poisoning. They're, they have no immune system, okay? And the 30 feet of right. intestines. But the okay, main the reason they don't have an immune system is it's been destroyed with what these, you just said. They've been injected with things like antibiotics that yeah. the body's not prepared to accept. Well, I'm so sure it's not John, natural. I'm sure that John told you that he called me when his mother, was was she diagnosed with C. diff or MRSA, John? No, she has C. diff. Yeah, she did. And she, uh, Stop right there. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Okay. You called me and said, my mother has C. diff, and, and I, that's, I just wanted to make sure that that's what she had, okay? And I told you to take your fecal matter, take it through, I think you did a 10X, right? You didn't even that do was, a 30 yeah, just a just a 10X. The 10X, okay, with homeopathic. His mother was out of the hospital. Her C. diff was gone in, what, uh, 24 hours or 48 hours? No, it took a little bit longer than that. But the fact is that, you know, if you look at my mother at the time, she was 99 years old. And, you know, she picked up this nicosomal disease in the hospital. Right. And, uh, you know, it's really bad because uh, 52,000 people had died from it the previous year. And as I have said before, what better candidate for death than somebody as a 99-year-old woman with C. diff? Well, she survived it, and it was due entirely to your suggestion, which I employed, uh, you know, with the fecal therapy. And, uh, right. and of course, as you've discovered yourself, they're using it in the hospitals now. And, 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 and Richard, that's another thing. They're starting to use it in the hospitals now. And I agree with you. It's a question of mineral and vitamin shortage. But... Uh, if you can knock out whatever the effect is and then maybe build up, you know, that's another way. But Well, here's the thing, too. Dr. Stump has not done any research on fecal therapy. I know that for a fact, okay? And because he had... I, I never said that I did because I think it's absurd. Oh, exactly, okay? And that's what medical school is all about, okay, is putting a... No, a it has nothing to do with medical school. you. Essential minerals and vitamins are the cause of most of what they call illness nowadays. When the real cause is all the poisons in the air, in the vaccines, everything that pharmaceutical manufacturers practically are killers because the body's not ready to accept poisons. The word pharmaceutical means poisons. See, here's the thing. You've got this issue that you cannot understand why this works, okay? Do some more research on it, Doc. That's all I can say. Just do some more research on it, and you'll see that the microbiome, which Pfizer is getting ripped off millions of dollars because they know that there's a company in in Northern California called Second Genome. You can look them up. They just got funded by Pfizer for millions of dollars to find a poop that is going to eliminate Get this, obesity, okay? I called the company. I talked to the president of the company and their CEO, and I said, I'm curing this stuff. I know what I'm doing with uh, homeopathics and so on. The guy hung up on me. He didn't want to know anything about it. I have a letter right here from the um, legal department, legal division of Pfizer by, from Margaret Madden. She says, I commend you for your interesting background and accomplishments. However, at this time, the Corporate Governance Committee is seeking candidates with expertise in very specific areas that differ from your background and expertise. 
Thank you for your interest in serving on Pfizer's board of directors. <laughs> well, you're, you're a pharmaceutical culprit, are you, Michael? <laughs> we call that a spy. We have spies. You know, we, they, they just because they have spies, we can have spies. We have Ninja. We have the Yakuza. We have the Irish League. We have the Cherokee. Uh, they're going to learn how many of us there are. You know, it's not just Doc Mike, and it's not just Richard Stump, it's not just Patrick McGinn, it's not just Adam Bergstrom. There's a whole bunch of us out there. <laughs> well, I sent my resume and my mission statement, which was to knock out 1,500 pharmaceutical companies. They didn't like that idea. They didn't want somebody like that on their board. It was a self well, We won't tell them that we're trying to do the same thing. Wonderful. You keep it up. Listen, I've got a yeah. uh, uh, sports bar about a block from here. i got to stop over and uh, check out, see how I'm doing on the NCAA tournament and on uh, my brackets. And uh, I want to thank you guys for bringing me up. I will get this uh, website, uh, uh, the link at Google for okay. your listeners uh, on this thing with the Nagalace. John has probably seen it. Uh, uh, I, I've seen it as well, but, but, but uh, when you put it up also, put up a link to Vaxxed, Vaxxed, Vaxxed. All three times. Tell Mike what Vaxxed is. That's the movie now, Mike. It's coming yeah, out yeah. against vaccination. And oh, that's the one that Robert to, De Niro? To, to, to prove that uh, vaccines do cause autism. And, of course, you know it's not going over well in uh, Chicago or Hollywood. No, well, you know what? I have a, or I'm being sent a copy of uh, Robert De Niro's film. It's going to be on my, uh, um, what do you call it, well, email. It, no, the, the movie we're talking about, he can't play. They won't let him play. It's I've their got ball, a copy and they took of the ball, it. and he I'm, can't play the movie. I'm telling you, uh, uh what the hell is this guy's name? Who watched? Uh, yeah, posted on your site. Well, yeah, we'll watch I've it. got. I'm getting a copy of it. He was he was sent it through the underground to his email, and he's emailing it to me. But I have to get it uh, down. And there's people who want copies of it right away. I'll I'll tell people. No, I'm are you still a gangster? Say that again. <laughs> are you still a gangster? Well, well, I'm, I'm, I'm carrying. I'm he's a brilliant man. to carry. And I've got a bodyguard company, too. I hear you. Well, hey, thank you for joining us, and we'll have you back on again. And the uh, keep us abreast of what's going on. I and, sure will. Uh, and drive carefully. Uh, no, I keep both hands on the wheel. Don't worry. Excellent. I'm okay, sorry. see you, Johnny. See you, Dr. Stump. And, uh, yeah, Patrick. nice talking with you. Don't take anything personal. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting in shape this year, you know. Diagnose and adios. <laughs> Our reservoir. All right, so, uh, so we're back. Saying, we made that left turn to the left corner. Now we made a right turn. We're back on the road. The movie is called Vaxed. And uh, Del Bigtree, this is an Irish name, Del Bigtree. If you don't believe me, just go to his, uh, his Facebook page, and he's Irish. But Del Bigtree saw promise in this message and made it into a movie. And without any... And he had somebody tell me that they'd put, do it as a Tribeca Film Festival. And then the film festival says, you can't do that. And Andrew and Adele were initially just chest fallen. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. They pulled us from the, they won't let us show our movie. 
But if enough of us talk about it, we'll all see the movie, and we'll all say no to vaccines. And it's not because Andrew Wakefield is a British spy trying to undermine we, the American people. He refers to this, uh, the, you'll love this, the Constitution of the United States. He actually refers to the First Amendment, mm. to the Constitution of the United States, this Brit, this ex-expat Brit who used to be a defrocked doctor who now a doctor again. Hmm. Is that the same document uh, that uh, Obama is trying to destroy and uh, prove ineffective and change? I don't know. They just, instead of showing it at this fantastic New Jersey film festival that's you know almost as big as the other film festivals that are all over the world, and they pulled it after announcing it was going to be there, and of course that's, that's the best neg- negative advertising in the world. The powers to be. But oh, you know I, I wanna see this movie now. I don't really watch those movies, but I wanna see this movie. I wanna see I'm gonna see this movie. And I'm well, still trying to get Andrew Wakefield on our show. Well, you gotta use double time to get him on our show. But one thing I wanted to point out before we go on the break is that what Mike was uh, alluding to is this Nagalace which got Jeff Bradstreet, Doctor Bradstreet, with two gunshot wounds to him and floating found floating in the river. That's what got him killed. It wasn't the, the GCMF, but this Nagalace is the enzyme that the, the tumor or whatever produces, and he discovered it's in the vaccines. You talk about the vaccines. This was in the vaccines, and similarly, you've got the uh, the uh, the mycoplasma that's in the vaccines, causing AIDS and causing Gulf War syndrome, and so. Stay away from the vaccine. So I think this movie Vax is crucial because it's a primer. I think people will get that and maybe make up their mind that, wait, let me check into this. There might be something wrong with uh, taking vaccines. I'm hoping this is a a wake-up call for America and the world, actually. If someone begs to have their child vaccinated, let them. The only reason I'm not going to see the movie, because it's common sense not to get vaccinated. It's like seeing a movie, why you shouldn't sleep in the middle of the freeway during rush hour. <laughs> no. You know, I have, it's obvious that vaccinations are a total scam. So, now, come on, now look. You're a guest on this planet, and here you are just slamming it all because we all believe that vaccines are a modern miracle, a wonder miracle of medicine and all that stuff, and you're slamming everybody. How rude. Yeah, that's what they say on today. Shows like that, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, the, I mean, we would expect you to be a diplomat yeah. and say it like this. We thought we were kidnapping your leader, and we kidnapped a, a barbecue. <laughs> now, Adam, no, you're going to have to explain that because I said that went, if that went over my head so like, fast and I've got hair missing on top of my head I haven't had that for a long time now explain that please well it was in someone's backyard so we thought it was your leader I had a little antenna and you know little gadgets and electrical goodies Oh, 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 I okay I, look kind of saucer like you know I, I apologize I you know the uh I was not born redheaded. I really, I was born redheaded, but I'm not a blonde. But I didn't get it. Actually, more likely, the leader is the television set. Somebody did a, a little uh, documentary about that, where an alien comes and talks to the television. <laughs> and yeah, you know, uh, I. This was better than babysitting. 
I'd like to ask Adam a question. Huh? Adam? Yep, I'm here. What, what is your opinion of this uh, fecal therapy? You know, being a colonic therapist, I can find better ways, frankly, than uh, than doing the fecal uh, therapy, especially when doctors agree with it, it makes me suspicious. You know, anything that doctors disagree with, I'm pretty much with, and when they agree with it, because they don't come around for anything that works eventually. Well, that's, that's right, why and that's why they're agreeing with it. They want to make out that natural therapies are ridiculous. So, you know, well, we, okay, now let's, let's, let's now, uh, being a mic is left and you can't properly defend fecal therapy, and I won't try to defend fecal, fecal therapy after having 28 years of never wanting to get near that fecal stuff. That's true, and it's around here, and I've stuck a speculum up in people's butts, a lot of butts, being a colonic therapist. Uh, but you know, but fecal implants, I uh, I just can't get behind it, frankly. But Well, no, but I, I, I will give you an idea exactly how it works. Um, after we come back from the break, remind me, and I'll tell you after we come back from the break, because I, I really, I, very, I, I do know why. Goodbye. See you in five. Forty 
$149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. As a kid, I saw 
hundreds, well, maybe not hundreds, but a bunch of movies because we lived next to a drive-in movie, so we jumped over the fence, <laughs> and they flicked ashes back on us. We were sitting behind the speakers listening to all the movies. Double. Now, wait, now, then, where were you? From? We did that in Salt Lake at the Oak Hills Drive-In. Uh-huh. They're pretty well taking them out now, but at one time there were drive-ins all over the San Fernando Valley. <laughs> oh, I can imagine. I think there's two, three, maybe three that are still working in Utah. Yeah, I even worked for the Van Nuys Drive-In Theater and snuck my brother in, and uh, the guards saw him, and so my manager came out and said, who's that hiding in the back of your car? <laughs> I said, that's my brother. He said, you can let him in for free since you work here. Don't worry about it. <laughs> but we will remember your criminal thinking. We will remember <laughs> your criminal thinking. Yeah. You we serve great chili dogs. When I used to eat them. <laughs> yeah, you're a vegetarian now, so. Much. I, uh, I, I, you know, I could vary. I could eat a burger, I guess, but mostly I eat really low eggs and uh, dairy. That's about it at these days for now. But not, not because I'm staunchly vegetarian. If you serve me uh, uh, even fish, I might eat it if I went out to dinner or something. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's only if someone's going to feed you, eat what they feed you. It's only it's only gracious. That's now, being that Adam's you know rude all the time, well, that wouldn't happen. Okay. Except the Greenland shark, I might draw the line on. <laughs> yeah, but make sure it's marinated. Yeah. <laughs> fermented. They said fermented. Yeah. yeah fermented. Uh, Patrick, you were going to follow up at the break in the last uh, half hour. There, you're going to follow up on your uh, discussion there. Okay, now who can remember what that discussion was? That was hours ago. Something to do with fecal. Well, yeah, okay, here's here's the deal. If you were to sort of cut yourself open so you could pull one leg up over your head and see what's going on down there, you'll find that the portal vein is just sort sort of inside that, you know, that thing they call the sigmoid. And and uh, that's where that poop goes. And you know, and what's the job of the liver? So let's clean up the trash and take anything that was not used, scavenge it. Right, and that's the beauty of uh, coffee enemas. It goes up the portal when you enter this into the colon, and it just rings that liver out and detoxifies it. So, yeah, I, the, the coffee you can get from terracotta hawaii dot com. I don't think I'd use that. I'd drink it. I wouldn't. I wouldn't use that. <laughs> you know, well, people really got to use uh, special. They yeah. have a they have a special coffee blend for coffee enemas that uh, the Gerson Clinic I believe uses it, and it's a special blend of coffee. And it doesn't it, it's it's got a malodor to it when you boil it off, and it's got a uh, very light brownish color. It's not a dark uh, coffee roast, but it's specifically for for coffee enemas and cleaning out. And, well, I you know, and, and and the next time I have a coffee enema, I will make sure I specify that. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be uh, the best one on the market. Uh, but, uh, here's, here's, here's the thing. Um, I haven't asked how many people have had coffee enemas who called me. And I, and I, I wouldn't even have your guest. A guest? A guest. Um, the, uh, I've never had one. I was never too fond of enemas when I would refuse to poop. Well, you know, I mean, and the whole idea is, why, why, you know, why are we constipated? What now? What have we done to our biology that makes it so constipated? Why have we allowed this this muscular 
large intestine that becomes so fouled up with crap that it can't squeeze the crap out. Exactly what Richard L. Stump, M.D., is talking about. It's proxemia. It's all the stuff we breathe, we eat, we have these problems. And that's well, why Corvianimus, well, excuse me, but that's why Corvianimus is so good, because it's well, and then, and that's, that's why Richard's so good. He's, you know, hey, he survived. Let me tell you something. Okay. Much better than an enema is just take aged garlic extract. Take two capsules in the morning and two in the evening. If that doesn't do the job, take three. If that doesn't do the job, then take four the next day. And if you don't have those capsules, you can do the same thing. Now, it has other benefits. It'll open up your arteries, opens up the veins and the capillaries. You take nice along with it, and you won't be a schizophrenic any longer. (laughs) (laughs) Richard, we're talking... Are we talking? You want to get P5P and take that every day. And it'll help your pee. No, I'm just okay, and, 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 and if you should add sulfur to that regimen, you'll find that all those other things work better. Uh, uh, sulfur is a basic. It is yeah. the prime thing you take. We all know that. That's why we're on the program. That's why, and that's why we pay you some money. Your help. The sulfur, you know, if you... It likes to have a little help once in a while. Oh, it, it, especially since it's not allowed to stay. You know, and I, I don't know the answer to why it's not allowed to stay, but, you know, it goes in your mouth and it has to come out your butt. It can't hide anywhere. It has to leave. It's, it's not allowed. P5P helps take sulfur in through the brain, and it also helps take... Uh, other things that we need, like selenium and that, uh, and some of the, the other rare metals, vanadium, and things like that. It's uh, copper helps a great deal, especially <laughs> those things. And the stuff that your body, you know, the minerals that your body isn't using, sulfate out. You don't become toxic with them. You don't become toxic with the crap from Fukushima. Did Did anybody ever forget we still have Fukushima? Radiating all of us worldwide. Big, big time. Yeah, you know, like it was a little play that was just playing out. It's one of those Japanese kabuki, kabuki theater things that G's been putting on so we don't pay attention. But sulfur can protect and repair the damage of radiation exposure. That's right in that's, PubMed, isn't it? That's not, those aren't my words. Those are PubMed. That's, you know, those. Those guys think they know what they're talking about. There's seven different articles that say exactly the same thing, and we've seen exactly the same thing in our little research project. And, you know, it's it, what's the harm you're in your diet? I mean, how hard is this? Good idea, because there's a lot of leaks in the United States we don't hear about, and the Indian reservations at Four Corners and Delaware and New York, right here and in San Washington. Onofre and Washington, you bet. Yeah, and there's a you lot know, the, of them. Yeah, and, and they don't want to tell you because they can't tell you what to do about it. Yet, that information about the sulfur has been around evidently a long time. Yep. Those are the ones that, you know, that we've, that certain researchers have been able to bust them on. I'm sure there's other leaks, too. Well, I believe that what we should do is sort of decommission all the nukes and turn them into theme parks. Right, because right now they think the easiest way science thinks to boil water is to use plutonium. Not a good idea. 
No, because it, it but it does make a great uh, weapon source. Yes, it does. We could use. I mean, there are other things we could use, but I was. I'm still real fond of the uh, compressed air idea. Also, think of all the radiation. Like I'm, I'm sitting under an americium uh, fire alarm now. This house has about four of them in. Most people's houses have bunch buildings. What happens in fires? What happens to those that are protected? We're not supposed to get that alpha radiation. Well, that gets in your food and everything. We have. Millions and millions and millions of americium fire extinguishers, I mean, uh, detectors. And you can have a photo one that works much better, but they don't recommend that. They want to keep the nuclear industry going. That's just one factor alone. Holy, you mean, I mean all of this is just to keep those guys who never went to a dance employed? That's right. <laughs> all right. Oh, now, that, now, come on. Now, I mean, that's... Now, what we're going to have to do is do the worst thing possible to all these young men who never went to the dance, who figure it's okay to kill us all with radiation. We will force them to go to the dance in their boxer shorts. Americium is the Trojan horse, and people don't realize it. And by the way, as I stand here, I am giving some gamma Can you find out if if, if it's sulfate? It should sulfate. I would think so. I I really don't know. I, I'll leave that to you. I don't either. I mean, when you, I had always heard of it as another mineral that was used in the detectors. We don't have them. Um, the you know, and we also don't utilize anything that was has flame retardants in it because that's sort of nasty. Um, you know, the, the 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 most the most important thing I found is if you don't want to have a fire, don't start a fire. Yep. And the trouble is here, like we sometimes they burn down 150, 400 homes. What happens to all those smoke detectors? The plastic is supposed to protect us from the alpha radiation, but the fire, I think it melts plastic, last I heard. Oh, yeah, most of the time. I mean, most of the plastics I know melt at extremely low temperatures. What happened to all that americium when the firemen go in there? Oh, you know, and... and uh, Hey, all the firemen in San Francisco, not all the firemen, but the firemen's union, are suing the flame retardant people because from wearing their flame retardant suits, they now have skin cancer. Adam, you are on record now. You just introduced something I am totally ignorant on, and I suspect many others are, americium. So let's go get a primer. What is it? Why it's in the fire, smoke, the fire detector, whatever, and what you alluded to an alternative as far as a photo. So you're on kindergarten level here. Let's let's start with the basics. The golden, okay. like a golden <laughs> retriever, Adam. All right. Well, they use a radioactive detector, and actually, the photo one actually is more accurate and saves more lives. In fact, you can even go on Wikipedia, and they'll admit that the photo one works better than the other ones. Yet, because of the power of the nuclear industry, and this is, think of all the money they're making. I'm in a little uh, place that has four of them. One in the bedroom, yeah. one in the kitchen, one here in the living room, one downstairs, that's four. The guy has a big house right next to me. He's probably got 15 of them in the house, and every building has them. When they burn now, down, on, all that... Why can't, can't, you, can't you convince... Uh, is Iron Gal to go outside and smoke her cigars? <laughs> 
Anyway, talk to the fire department about it because it's mandatory that we have these things in here. Mandatory that we have radiation. We have the choice, but people don't know that. And often when the house is built, they put the radioactive ones in right away. And first of all, you get only a minor amount of gamma. And they say, oh, that's just a minor bit. It won't hurt you. You know, it's like Denver and all that stuff. But then they don't tell you about the alpha. And the alpha is most dangerous. When you eat that, it's like a radio transmitter constantly emitting. A gamma ray goes right through you like a bullet thing. It's not, it's not constantly going off and irradiating you. But when you have an alpha particle, it's like a gamma uh, going off over and over and over and over again. And those are the ones that are most dangerous, and yet they act like those are the least dangerous because they can't go through material. Okay, Suppose. you lost me now. Is, is this gamma is it in the food we eat, you said, or strictly in these uh, fire alarms? No, it's in the fire alarm, but what happens when, when the thing burns and it gets in the soil and it runs into the creek and it goes into the next-door neighbors and everything? And, they remodel. Yeah, and what happens when they remodel and it goes into the, the landfill and stuff like that? I mean, these things, you don't have to control it. I don't have to. Hey, uh, I, I, you know, as a matter of fact, I've got a, I've got a guy I've been talking to who has a bunch of them were used in Fukushima that he has a little cellular, and they didn't even get burned. Yeah. These things are right here, and I can, even though there's a law, I'm supposed to dispose it someplace appropriately, but I can take that thing off and just throw it across the road or put it in my neighbor's tea if I want to. You know, it's a deadly weapon when you really think of it. They're giving us, they take away our guns, and they leave us with radioactive uh, poisons. So, so Adam, it not just occurred to me, what happened yeah. in New York City in 911? I mean, how many of them were, there, were in those uh, Twin Towers? You bet. Think of how many. Uh, I'll bet there were thousands in those buildings alone. That's, that's, a, uh, that's an interesting concept. And, and look yeah. at all the farming that got sick and what have you, and da 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 da. Well, at least Adam will verify if he'll do the research to find out if we're all dying of this americium, even though we take sulfur. Yeah. They they blame the asbestos, and that is the truth, but that's because they're ter- there's money in tearing all the buildings down with asbestos, and now they're building all the plants or the plants here are selling them to third world countries so they can get paid to tear them down again when they decide they're bad there. It's another day in the business world. <laughs> it's, um, if, you, if you don't care who your neighbors are, then you will probably do anything you would wish to make sure they don't live a long time. Okay. You know, there's a song that my, uh, that uh, Frank plays after our song. He says, rumor has it you don't like my big red barn. Well, I don't care how much money you've got. I don't care. You know, and, and I may just drink beer in the lawn with that motor torn apart, you know, just with my friends make a lot of noise, and I don't care what you think. Yeah, but what I... Yeah, but, but hang on. The, the thing I care about is that the majority of the American public think that vaccines are wonderful, and they have been deluded. Well, like Mike says, they have no knowledge. You know, my people perish for lack of knowledge. They think that they've been misinformed. They've been listening. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. And, uh, but, Patrick, I'm curious because we have talked constantly about uh, Fukushima and the effects of radiation. So right. what matters if we have this uh, this new product, this new radioactive stuff in our smoke alarms? I mean, if we're taking our sulfur, we're taking our iodine, do we pretty well have our bases covered, I would suspect? 
Well, um, the reason we're doing the study is I don't know. But, you know, as we find out, I mean, now that we find out this vile thing is there, we'll capture some uh, Lithuanian and, you know, try to poison him with this uh, Arnhemesium or whatever it is, and then we'll see if we can bring him back from the dead with the sulfur. And if we can't, we'll hide it under the rug like the pharmaceutical people do. Hmm. You know, it's... It, it's um, What's interesting about what we do is we only know what people tell us, and they're all alive. Everybody's alive. No one's dead. So, and you, that's you, you only can continue to learn from people regarding their biology if they're alive. They're, well, they Patrick, terribly you know, silent when they're dead. Patrick, yes. I totally agree with Doc Stump as far as this uh, toxemia and all these heavy metals. Now, my analogy is this. If it's cold out and you put a sweater on, okay, you're not so cold. But if you really want to get comfortable, you put a coat on. And as far as sulfur goes, you know, this is a damn good thing. Of course, it's going to sulfate a lot of these heavy minerals. But I just took a mercury challenge test. I took a, an IV of DMPS, which is a mercury chelator, and I collected my urine for 24 hours. I don't have the results yet. But I okay. just want to see what kind of metal toxicity that I have. Now, I've been taking sulfur for two years. So, and, uh, you know, and, and Duckstump may be a little better help here. What metals sulfate out of the urine? The majority of them sulfate out in the stool. Well, regardless of what avenue of escape, if we get rid of it, we're ahead of the game. Yes. Well, yeah, and, you know, the, the people who spend a lot of money on hair analysis probably are the, the best test other than the fact they just feel really good and don't really have time to talk to me and they just send us some more sulfur because i got work to do. Um, remember, our average age in our study is 77 years. That hasn't changed. And, you know, our little girl in Hawaii is our oldest member. She's 105, and she's still driving out with a little white Toyota all over the big island looking for a boyfriend. <laughs> She's not been successful as yet. Hey, she's picky. I mean, if you're 105, <laughs> you'd be picky, too. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's... Um, the, the reason the movie Vax is so important is that there really are 7 million children worldwide who cannot ride the 9 million bicycles in Beijing. They don't even know how to talk. They don't even know how to give their mom a hug. They don't know how to tell their mother they love her. Now, that, that's yeah. cool. There's the bad part. You know, the mom can't be told by the child how much the child loves the mom. How cruel is that? Let's for, not forget all the other diseases vaccinations cause. And let's not forget the fact that if your car goes off the road and blows up, you can sue the manufacturer. But if your child or you get sick from a vaccination, you cannot and are not allowed by law to sue the doctor who gave you that vaccination or the pharmaceutical company. Oh, crap. Well, you know, well, we can sue them under the fraud provisions of the Constitution of the United States. So Except has anybody been able to do that? Yeah. 
Well, I think that will be a little more uh, apparent once you know once this movie is seen and and the quote scientific evidence is presented by the people who are doing the lying. Well, of course, they were lying, and if you get them in court, they'll just be lying, and you can prove they were lying. The problem is there are seven million children who cannot ride the nine million bicycles in Beijing because they're vaccine damaged. Where is Jerry Spence when we need him? Hey, uh, I looked. There was yeah, an X-ray. Listen, that man was a superb individual. And if you ever go to his office out there, uh, where is it, Nevada or whatever? Uh, Wyoming. Uh, Wyoming. Yeah. Wyoming, I guess, yeah. I've been to his office, and he's got this beautiful uh, eagle on the on the outside of his office. Beautiful. And it's just a gorgeous, it's in metal, you know, it was sculptured by somebody. But, uh, yeah, Jerry Spence, God God bless the guy. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, he's well, one of the great ones. Well, uh, what, were you, what were you doing oh, in his office? Did, did he die and no one, and no one called me? Is this or am I hearing? Is that what's going I, on? I it's news to me. I thought he was still alive. Yeah, and, and I've written to him now. Adam, you need to write to him. And John, you've been there. You need to write to him. Yeah, we want him on the show because I know from the color of his hair that he had his vaccine damaged. Well, you know. Um, of course, Bo Greitz, uh, you know, he was the one that got Jerry Spence to um, out there in Ruby Ridge. Uh, what the hell is it? I can't think of his name now. But, uh, yeah, he represented him and, and did well. I mean, here the government comes in and shoots uh, his wife, Vicky, right through the eyes. And uh, it's the 14-year-old son that killed him. And, and then he goes on trial. And uh, I mean, but it was, it was uh, Spence there, Jerry Spence, that got him off and uh, got him some money, too. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, Richard is lucky that his uh, show trial was not of a similar nature. No, but in his case, uh, it was. Uh, it's, same, you know, yeah. it's easy. It's easy to say he did it. How do we know? Because he's dead. No, that's easy. How do, well, he can't speak for it. Oh no, we'll tell you how it worked out. Uh, you know, this, we're, this is a land of the free. We don't have to believe the lies. Now on that note, we're going to go drink some water. Water is very important. See you in five. The day that the rain came down. needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit discount gold and silver trading at dgscoins.com. That's dgscoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
welcome back. Besides discussing vaxxed, 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 We've also canceled World War III. Please tell everybody you know, because there's no reason they should invest all their money in wars and armaments and all that stuff, because we've canceled it. We can't find anybody of age who's interested. Cancel temporarily. Yeah, now, yes, of course, John. Now, before I introduce our guests, we have a caller. Uh, Richard L. Stomp, John Panaguti, Adam Bergstrom, uh, Hillary Clinton and, and Bernie Sanders and Trump. Uh, you guys have to be quiet because we have a caller. No, the caller, please. Sign in, please. You're talking Hello, about caller. me? Uh, we can Hello? hear you, but we can't. So speak louder. Uh, is this okay? I, uh, is, can everybody Patrick? else hear him? Yeah, we can hear yeah, Yes, this is I'm Patrick. Ahead. I'm happy. Who be this? <laughs> Say what? Who's, who, who is calling us on the magic telephone line of Carlos? It's a guy named Hesh. Oh my goodness! This is now. Okay, hang on a second. There's a couple of people have to genuflect. This is Hesh Goldstein, who does Health Talk Hawaii in Hawaii um, about Hawaii and Health Talk. And and he's really sort of nasty to politicians. I've, I've heard that he's just got a nasty rumor. He can't go to the bars. Yes, Hesh. Hey, let me what? ask you a question. Yes. Say what? Yes. So I got I to ask you a question. You guys okay. were talking about the the vac, vaccine, the vac film, right? Yes. Okay. Do you know that back in 1960... There was a guy, a pediatrician, name was Dr. Douglas. I can't remember his first name. Um, that came out and said that this was the first time he could speak openly about the plan to reduce the population. With vaccinations. That was back in 1960, and he was speaking to a group of fellow pediatricians and medical doctors. And what he was talking about, the implementation was to increase vaccinations, to come up with a demise pill to make it easier for people who were suffering to leave their body and all kinds of stuff to just be able to take their mind away from reality and put it on make-believe stuff just to reduce population. It was crazy. Well, we've, we've pretty much gotten there. I mean, according to Bill Gates, what? we should reduce the population by at least 15%. Yeah, and that's what's going on. But then the pharmaceutical industry started taking over. And what they did, because of what the Sloan Foundation said, the three populations that they wanted to reduce were black, Jews, and Latinos. So oh, what you're they all did three. was they start. Yeah, so they started in Africa with pharmaceuticals that will sterilize the women so the women can no longer give birth. It's all about the mothers. Yeah, it's crazy. And then the problem with the Jews is because the Jews are like bunnies and they multiply like crazy. There's no. so many in the world. Really? It's hard to... Oh, really? I didn't know that. I thought that was the 
millions through like bunnies, you know? One after another. Hey, what do you think? My wife has six kids. Next week we're going to have another dozen. Hey, all right. No, but, but that's the problem. So the Jews, I, I, I'm sorry, I've never heard that about the Jewish people, that they did that. Like, but I thought that was only Irish and, and, and Latin and, and, and Italians. Oh, no, no, no. You have no idea. You have no idea because the Jews will all band together. No matter where they are, no matter what they do, they just band together and they cling to that label like it's sacred. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, it's like the, the for me. The, yeah, it's like for the me. Uh, it's like the, uh, the uh, what is that thing of Turin? It's like the that's a uh, cloak of Turin that wrapped around them in the belief. That's okay. Yeah, uh, it's because you know it's it's not what we believe, even though Bruce Lipton says biology is. It's it's what our biology does that allows us to remember what we learned before kindergarten. You see, there's one factor that nobody seems to see at all is that each each body is like a vehicle and each vehicle has a driver. Now the the vehicles come in all different shapes and sizes and colors and accessories, and they have a beginning and they have an end. But the driver does not have a beginning and does not have an end. So if people could go beyond the vehicle and see who the driver is, then there would be no turmoil in the war in the world. There would be no wars. There would be no ripping off of resources because they have it and we don't have it and everything would be good there would be harmony but they don't want that because the only way they make money is by chaos well but i think we can make some money i want you to on your radio show announce that we're having a songwriting contest for a song that is about sulfur uh, well, listen, I'm and not going to write right how, how are they going to be paid? We'll, we'll, we'll get it on the radio. Uh, anyway, listen, Patrick. Okay, I'm right. I just, I, I just said that. Right okay, now. Keep, you called. And keep I got to go. I'll talk to you later. And say hi to Boomer and Deborah. Okay. All right, we're back. Now, uh, I guess the important thing is. Someone was discussing with me that the average age of the people in Hawaii is not quite as high as we would think it would be. And the people who are of older age in Hawaii are Japanese. They're not Polynesians. And they're not even, you know, they're not even mixed Polynesians. Uh, and, and because they've eaten our diet, they've become fat and they die. It's just like the Inuits. They eat our diet and they become fat and dead Eskimos. Uh, it's like the Irish. They eat our diet and they become fat, dead Irish. Um, it's all about the food. We are what we eat. And if you want to fool yourself, you can do it any way you want, but you are what you eat, and there's no sulfur in what you eat. That's just what Richard, that's just what Richard says. Not only sulfur, but all the minerals and all the vitamins. And if you go back to 1936, the USDA said that our soils were farmed out of minerals then. So what's become of... Yeah, it's it's all a problem. Right, it, but, 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 like our bodies, the earth can regenerate its own mineral base. But 
when you throw chemical fertilizers on it, now you just, you know, in this particular case, we study sulfur, and the chemical fertilizers just get all sallied up to the sulfur, and they, you know, go to the back room and do bad things, and you don't get the benefit of the mineral or the sulfur. You know, it's 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 just biology. It's not it's not magic. It's not it's not religious dogma. It's it's just biology, and it works no matter where you live, no matter who you are. But what you eat is really pretty important. And, you know, there's two songs about water. Why would there be two songs about water when we go to break? Because water is the staff of life. If you don't drink water, who are you fooling? Well, you mentioned that just before we went to break about drinking water, and I did. And I also, i got to plug our, our former guest, G. Patrick Flanagan, because I use his product, Crystal Energy. And what is Crystal Energy? Secret of Longevity. And if, uh, just one second here, because for 30 years, Dr. Patrick Flanagan's life work has been to discover the health and longevity secrets of the hundreds of people of the Himalayas. What do they do? They both prove what they've got. They're the longest listening nation in the world. Are they getting their minerals and vitamins? Absolutely, and then some. But they're also drinking the water, the, the glacial milk, the glacier water. And that's what Crystal Energy is. Remember, he... Figured it out. Dr. Henri Kwanda passed the torch to him, and he figured it out. And that's his product, Crystal Energy, which I employ because I believe in Patrick Flanagan and water. It makes it wetter. And and, and, I, you know, and I agree. I talk to people who are, you know, they're looking for silicon. I say, well, you know, there's this there's this fellow in, in Arizona. His name is Patrick Flanagan. He has a Crystal Energy product. And they keep talking, and they keep talking, and they keep talking. I'll say, excuse me, there's this guy, and uh, have you ever heard of G. Patrick Flanagan? Oh, I have. Okay, now listen closely. He's got this product. He sells out of Arizona. It's called Crystal Energy. It's a great source of silica. <sighs> Excellent. Yeah. But, but you know, it's, 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 it's like when people try to tell someone about sulfur, especially if they haven't been taking it. I have a lot of people who will tell people about sulfur before they'll ever order it. I guess to see if they can kill them off. But, you know, it's, we're serious about this. We try to kill everybody. If the literature says nothing about sulfur, then we have to at least make an effort to kill everybody. Have you succeeded in one death? We've failed every time. It's just ridiculous. I mean, uh, if I had to try to get on a major league baseball team with our batting average, we, they would just laugh at us. Yeah, I mean, they're all alive. And some of them tell really funny stories. You know, every time I tell a story about a little girl in, in Hawaii driving a little white Toyota around looking for a boyfriend, I'm sorry, it gets a laugh, but it's serious. <laughs> you know, she's really doing it. <laughs> and, you know, that's what life's all about, then do it. As long as you can do it, then do it. This idea that we're supposed to start wrinkling up around 50 and then we start dying and then we start really being dead and then they bury us. Uh, all of our 80-year-olds have an intention and are telling us that they're planning the next four decades. That's about 120 years, isn't it? So the Bible says we should live to. And, you know, and a lot of these people are Bible thumpers, and so they sort of followed that precept. Uh, Adam and I have discussed a little long, little longer longevity, and he doesn't even take sulfur. But he's Antarian. 
know. <laughs> By the way, uh, did, I, did I mention the guy who wrote the, the story about Cocoon? I hope so. Tom Benedict. Uh, and he, he teaches at a California school. He teaches screenwriting. And we want to bring him on board to write the screenplay for Organic Sulfur, the musical. Why did you contact him? I wrote to him. I mean, I wrote to him today, so he hasn't had a chance to call back, and he's probably thinking, who is this nutcase? (laughs) (laughs) And Cindy would say, I don't know. (laughs) Good luck in getting it. Well, um, the movie has been so demonstrative in getting people to understand what we're talking about. You know, the the movie is the story of sulfur. Everything, all the weird stuff you see of these old phony people, you know, these actors doing in the movie, is what I hear about in in the study. That's what people tell, tell me they're doing. You know, Mama's chasing Daddy around the room without a knife. <laughs> you know, it's 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 uh, when the feedback is so good, you think that there's some idiot writing the script for these people just to make me feel good. <laughs> <laughs> but there's too many of them. people selling it uh, on different radio stations. And I mean, I, think, I think people should give Frank a call and order some organic sulfur, even if you don't want to take it. You know, he's got to feed the chickens. Mr. McGee. So you were about to say, John. Yes, I was about to ask a question because earlier in the show, I had asked that uh, Adam relay more about this yellow fat that he alluded to last week and left us hanging. So may I suggest, because now the show's over, that we use Adam Bersham as a guest next week and leave him the floor to talk about this. I mean, he talked for two hours on somebody's show here last week, and he can spend a little bit of time maybe if he's our guest, so we can keep interrupting him. Is that a possibility for next week's show? Well, I think what we should do is take that this to a vote. So <laughs> I'm in favor. Uh, Richard, are you in favor? I like Richard, it. Are you in favor of having Adam as a guest instead of an unpaid, qualified, uh, non-expert on everything? <laughs> okay, so it's a done deal. So you're on, you're okay, on, well, you're on the show there, Adam. All right. right now, here's the deal. You've got everybody who's listening to us, and everybody, someone said we have an audience, so everybody tell all your friends that Adam Bergstrom is going to turn straw into gold on the radio. <laughs> It's a wonderful noise to hear that straw crackle and turn into molten gold. <laughs> so next week, that's what we're going to do. Now, we've got still about eight, eight minutes to discuss the fact that we want to thank the people from the Tribeca Film Festival for canceling the movie Vaxxed. Vaxxed, Vaxxed. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. And we want to reassure uh, Andrew Wakefield, who can come on our show anytime he wants, but he has to tell British jokes. We, don't get one. We, we already know the story. We want to hear British jokes. We want to hear British medical jokes. We want a really funny British medical jokes because I know they're funny. 
And, uh, and, and I hope that everyone goes out of their way to go and see the movie, even if it costs you eight bucks, go and see the movie, because it's our children they're trying to poison. It's our seniors they're trying to poison, because they don't like us. And we're really very likable people. Richard's very likable. Uh, John's, yeah, he's supposedly very likable. Yeah, but he's a pessimist. He, he's... Uh, and Adam is likable <laughs> on two different planets. Wow. <laughs> you know, it's the, um, <clears throat> if we can make it funny enough, they will come. Yeah. Some people say that humor is the sixth sense. <laughs> Well, you know, the lady takes her husband to see a psychiatrist. The psychiatrist sits down with the husband and the wife, and she says to the psychiatrist, my husband thinks he's a chicken. <laughs> and the psychiatrist is is almost appalled. I've never done one of these before. But before he can say anything, she says, no, that was a phone. That wasn't what she said. No, that's not quite cool. She yeah. said, but we need the eggs. <laughs> and you know that's sort of the story of life. I mean, you know, <laughs> and the person who told me that story, oh, about five years ago, called me on the phone and said, "I'm dying of cancer," and I said, "Fantastic." And she called me five years later to get more sulfur and to tell me that joke. <laughs> so you know, it, as long as you're still breathing, you can still laugh. And you remember, Patrick, during the Great Depression, that's when the comics started to make people laugh. Well, they yeah. couldn't, they couldn't illegal beer. They did become big back then, for sure. Well, there's uh, a couple of them are still around. You know, we've got some of these really famous Jewish undead comedians who aren't doing anything, and I think we should put them to work. We could put them in the movie. We could put Carl Reiner in the movie. We could put Mel Brooks in the movie. We could hey, put, you know uh, that guy, huh, uh, Patrick? <laughs> well, we, we uh, remember, we, we keep that quiet, otherwise they'll want to borrow money. <laughs> you know, it's, there's a... Uh, when things get tough... The, the tough, tough get going. Are, yeah, <laughs> no, no, no. When things get tough, the tough start laughing. You know, the, uh, I went to Kennecott, and uh, we had a, a University of Utah football player who was on our track gang, and he was probably the only black person in the entire mine. And we were picking up this railroad time. He says, Lord, give me strength to do white man's work. And we all fell on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't used to we weren't used to black humor in Utah. <laughs> yeah, too cold for them up there. Uh, you know, and then this guy ended up being a, a child counselor, so you know, football to really caring about people. And the people who care about people are the ones that we're sort of interested in. We don't care about the people who don't care about people. Speaking of cold, I believe the uh, a black was the first person to get to the North Pole, even though Admiral Byrd took credit for it. Well, because the guy who was black was a uh, the picture was too much contrast. <laughs> Is that a fact, uh, 
I'd have to look that up again. I remember hearing a story, and and uh, Bird got the credit because he was ahead of the expedition. But the actual man who went there was a black man with him. So, well, I, you know, uh, I I think the person who told uh, what's his name where the top of Everest was was a Sherpa. It's over here. <laughs> hey, it's over here. British guy. Come here, it's over here. There's an interesting, interesting book about that where, where the mountain actually pushed a man off of the mountain. And uh, what is the name of that? Pass something code. Uh, I haven't heard of it, but it sounds interesting. You know, the uh, some some indigenous people are not Camera hounds. They're not. They're, they're not looking for to, for lunch with the Cardassians. You know, they just want to do life. But, you know, what's wrong with just wanting to do life? I mean, right in the middle of doing life, the paparazzi, paparazzi, the the paparazzi show up and say, "We want to take a photograph of you doing life," and well, it's interrupting you doing life. I didn't really want them to do it, so I actually turned my face away. Living to live attitude. Yeah, you know, it's uh, on occasion I get really, really ornery and anxious and irritated with those people who believe that vaccines are a wonderful thing. And we've already gotten a whole group of Yakuza that we've flown in from Japan, and we've covered up their tattoos so no one will recognize them. We're giving them very, very sharp swords, and they're going to run to clinics and look for people who are vaccinated, and they're going to lock their hands off, and then they will disappear in a mist. You know, it's just like people who buy Roundup. Well, we wait for them to reach out for the Roundup, and the same Yakuza cut their hands off. Have you ever noticed they don't have any vaccinations for mental illness? <laughs> well, because they they actually know they're actually working on a couple for mental illness, especially for uh, schizophrenia. And the the problem for is what schizophrenia, schizophrenia, what schizophrenia, schizophrenia. You know, when you, yeah, yeah, when you only dance on one foot, that's schizophrenia. How could they make a vaccine for schizophrenia? Well, I don't even know what it is. Richard, does that apply to every vaccine? On that, that will be the question of the week. That's the question of the week. We'll see you in a week. Thank you, everybody. Wonderful April. Blue skies and green lights. Thank you, Adam. for next week there, buddy. All right, guys. Thank you, Richard.
is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. AVR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotty pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't rattle me. Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It's Thursday, March 31st, 2016. It's about eight and a half minutes after 8 p.m. Pacific time. If that's when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. Uh, 800-932-1980. That's how you call in. Get on the air. Voice your opinion. 800-932-1980. It is toll-free and... Not the only way you can participate. You can also go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com and you can find the chat link over on the left-hand side. You can click that and go in there and chat with the other folks, uh, socialize and all that good stuff, or ask questions, make comments, or just lurk about and watch them all chat. You can also contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN 
Talk is the screen name. All right, well, there you are. There you have it. There it is. So let's get on with everything else. And, uh, you know, I was just looking at something earlier because we were having a little conversation in the chat room. I go in there uh, in and out during the day. Some days I'm in there more than others, and today I was in there a little bit, and they were having a conversation, so I just get curious and look up stuff. And that's the great thing about the Internet, folks. You can, you know, you get a question in your head, and bang, off you go. You're on the Internet. And, uh, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, I look for one thing, then I find another thing, then I find another thing, then I'm, you know, then I forgot what I was looking for in the first place and all that. But I came across something that I had been uh, looking at in the past. And it's the George Bush or should I say George H. Scherf, Jr., okay? And the only reason I bring that up is it is such an interesting conspiracy theory. It really is. I mean, it's really interesting, and there's a lot of evidence that goes along with it, because at first, you know, for first blush, you say, well, come on, what are you saying here? Well, let me just read this to you. Because there's a picture here. Uh, let's see. Uh, according to Otto Scorzese, uh, Scorzeni, pictured in the Schiff family, pictured is the Schiff flam, family and few friends. This is about from 1938. Holding Mother Schiff's hand and at left is Martin Borman, Martin Borman, you know who he was, right? The head of the Luftwaffe? Moron. But anyway, in front is Reinhard Galen. In back is Joseph Mengele. Nice group of guys, huh? And to his right is Skorzeny as a young man. At center right in the German Navy uniform is George H. Scherf, Jr. And his father, George H. Scherf, Senior. Borman became Hitler's second-in-command. Reinhard Galen was chief SS officer and assassin who was smuggled out of Germany under Operation Paperclip. Skorzeny was Hitler's bodyguard and SS spy-slash-assassin who came to the U.S. after war under Project Paperclip. Skorzeny and G.H.W. Bush were instrumental in merging... Nazi SS intelligent with both the OSI to form the CIA with Wild Bill Donovan and Alan Dulles. These guys were also part of a CIA mind-controlled experiment such as MKUltra, SS officer and physician Joseph Mengele, the notorious sadistic angel of death of Auschwitz, escaped Germany to South America after the war. George A. Scherf, Jr., became the 41st president of the United States as G.H.W. Bush. And George H. Scherf Sr. was Nikola Tesla's trusted assistant. So it goes on and on, okay? It's it's just a really, really interesting thing. And I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it's well worth the read. Whether it's, you know, look, I don't know how to uh, discern, you know, other than just to, read and say, well, I think it's certainly possible, and I, okay, I believe this is probably what happened. Or I don't know, I'm not sure, I don't think so. But after you read all the evidence and see all the pictures and stuff like that, I mean, you've got to at least have a doubt. 
Okay? I mean, you can't say, bah, that's just crazy talk. I mean, I suppose you can if you're a Democrat or a moron or something, but did I just repeat myself? I think I did. But anyway, the evidence, you have to at least have a doubt. Wow, this is mm, this could be true. And if it is, wow, oh boy, there's more going on than we thought. Well, now here is a uh, an article. Ted Cruz isn't a natural-born citizen. Huh. According to the Constitution, because Ted, Senator Ted Kennedy, was not born as Senator Ted Cruz, sorry, I almost said Kennedy, was not born in the United States. He's not eligible to run for president. As expected, the question of whether Ted Cruz is eligible to hold office of the president based on his Canadian birth is now front and center, thanks to Cruz, GOP presidential nominee realm, uh, rival Donald Trump. Constitutional scholars are dusting off their crystal balls, and they were asked to discern what the Founding Fathers really meant by natural-born citizen. Okay, I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's very interesting, well worth a read again. And, uh, you know, I'll post the uh, I'll post the link in the uh, chat room so you can, you know, you can go look. I'll post the other link, too, with the other uh, story there. All interesting stuff that it's not really, you know, I suppose I could sit on the radio and, and read it to you, but, yeah, you can read it yourself. Anyway, this here... Okay, I, I read that part there. Now, the Founding Fathers really meant by, do you think, it doesn't matter what they really meant, okay? We don't have to figure out what they really meant. What did they mean exactly? All we have to ask is, do you think they meant somebody born to a Cuban in a foreign country? Well, let me rephrase that, because he was born to an American citizen woman. But to a, his father was a Cuban, born in Canada. Do you think that is what the Founding Fathers intended? I don't think so. But it doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but, I mean, look, if one of them could get reanimated and we go, look, what did you mean by this? Oh, yeah, 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 that's fine. Oh, yeah, yeah, Canada's fine. You can be born in Canada. That's fine. Natural born. Yeah, you can be born in Panama, too. That's fine. Natural born. Yeah, you can be born in Kenya. That's cool, too. Mexico, it's all good. Yeah, we didn't mean anything by that. It was just a, I don't know, a typo. We misspoke. We didn't mean it. Uh, Well, whatever. Or they might just look at you and start shooting you for even asking such a stupid question. Of course we didn't mean that's okay. Of course he's not a natural-born citizen. What are you, an idiot? This is not rocket science. It's very simple. And, by the way, I have been dusting off, which isn't easy because I'm very disorganized, okay? And dusting off is just a... I'm not really dusting anything. It's I'm looking for files that I have saved in the past, uh, but this goes all the way back to when McCain ran for office uh, because I really got into digging. I mean, I dug for weeks, and I found a lot of stuff, and I've got it on this computer. I just I found some of it. I need to find the rest of it, but uh, or just look it back up again. I mean, I don't have to get it off my computer. I can just go back online. That's where I got it all in the first place, but the bottom line is this. If your citizenship status depends on any act of Congress, and they make a big deal that, well, the United States Congress 
took a vote and unanimously decided that John McCain was a natural-born citizen. Really? Well, then that's a different natural-born citizen than what is in the Constitution. Because Congress has no authority over, over naturalization, over citizenship status, except for naturalization. And really all they're supposed to do is make a uniform rule for naturalization across the country. Which they have over and over and over again. And some people say, well, you know, in 1790... They said that uh, a child born abroad to United States citizens was a natural born, was a, and it didn't say was a natural born citizen. See, this is the thing about words matter, folks. Okay, words matter. I went back and I read it. Uh, let's see. I may have this up on my screen over here. Let me look because it's, it's worth uh, reading uh, verbatim from it because it's uh Oh, is this it? Well, no, that ain't it. That's the 1924 Act. Uh-huh. Yeah, 1790-na-na-na-na-na. Okay, well, I can't find it offhand real fast. But the bottom line, in the 1790 Immigration Act, it does mention that, and if what I just said was wrong, okay? And that's what everybody else says. It's wrong. Uh, if a child is born abroad by two U.S. citizens, he is a natural-born citizen. Well, that is not what the statute actually says, because I read it. It says, a child born to, two, to, to citizens of the United States is as a natural-born citizen. That's not the same as a natural-born citizen. Okay? It's not the same. I'm sorry. To be like something is not to be that's something. You get what I'm saying? You see where I'm coming from? And Congress, I'm sorry, has no authority, neither does the U.S. courts, to rule and change our language. They don't have any authority or jurisdiction over our language. All right? And to be like something is not to be that something. You get what I'm saying here? But people read it and go, well, you know, it's a natural-born... No, it's like a natural-born citizen. And then a few years later, because, you know, every couple of years, every few years, they redo the immigration laws. They still do to this day. A few years later, they took that out. And they replaced natural-born citizen with citizen at birth. And it says that you are a citizen at birth. Not like a citizen at birth. You are a citizen at birth. But a citizen at birth is not the same as a natural born citizen, or they would have said that. And if they would have meant that you are a natural born citizen, they would have said you are, not that you're like or as to. 
You see, these are very subtle differences, but words mean things when it comes to the law especially. This is not rocket science, folks. If your, stat- <laughs> if your citizenship status depends on any kind of act of Congress, you are a naturalized citizen. I don't care if you're a citizen at birth or whatever. You're still naturalized, which means you are not natural born. Period. But, of course, they're going to argue it, and the Supreme Court will never see it my way. So, you know, hey, what the heck. But I'm just saying, one more way we get screwed. Now, here's something that a lot of people ought to get. Well, I don't know. People will probably get encouraged by it. But, you know, when you use this uh, uh, thing here. Dow Post's biggest quarterly comeback since 1933. Uh, hey, you know what? <laughs> Listen, here's the bad news, folks. Now, a lot of you are going, yeah, well, that's great, because, you know, the stock market crashed in 1929, and it took those many years, well, what, four years? for it to come back, and hey, it's coming back again, biggest comeback ever, right? Well, hell, here's the here's the real bad news. That might be true. Stock market did crash in 1929, but do you know there was no consensus in the United States that they were in a depression until guess when? Just take a shot in the dark. One year. Just take a guess. Take a guess. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, I already gave you a hint in the title. That's right, 1933. That's when everyone basically started to say, hey, you know what? We're in a depression. Hey, you know what? We got a real bad thing going on here. Hey, you know what? Uh, I don't think business as usual is going to fix this. Boy, we've got real... Well, man, we're in a depression. A great depression. Because they've had depressions before, you see, because the bankers have been at this a long time. That's why they came up with the Federal Reserve, see, because they said, well, you know, these bankers keep getting us into depressions and recessions and all this. So we're going to come up with this Federal Reserve system, and that's going to prevent all that. Except the bankers wrote the bill, and uh, now we see that how many depressions and recessions have we had since? They came up with the Federal Reserve System. Yeah, a whole bunch. The fail, big fail, or big lie, one or the other. Whichever way you want to look at it, it isn't good, all right? Either the Federal Reserve was lying, and that wasn't their purpose at all, which that's what I believe. I don't believe this was all a big accident. Oops, 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 over and over again, right? We just, oops, well, I, I slipped on a banana peel, and we're in a recession. Uh-oh, oops. No, I think it was planned. They they set up this system in order to it's a with a fiat currency system as we have, you must have booms and busts. That's the money pump. Think of a pump, a hand pump. You pump it up, you pump it down. You pump it up, you pump it down. That's how this system works. A money pump. They pump it up, then they collapse it. And you know what? If you know when it's going to collapse, because you're the one doing the collapsing, you can make a ton of money. My dad worked for one of those people who 
basically uh, became a a multi 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 millionaire because of the depression. Because, well, he had inside information. He knew when it was coming down. For all I know, his banking firm might have been part of it. I don't know. But I know he knew when to get out. Right before everything went bang. And then after that, he had a big pile of money, and everything was selling for a dime on a dollar, if that. Yeah, you can make a lot of money if you know when things are going to go bang. What a great system, huh? You pump the pump up, 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 and, and then you tell all your friends, okay, look, we got about, uh, you know, an inch more of this, so it's time to get out. Up, 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 everybody's happy, everybody's making lots of money. Bang! Down it goes. And all the insiders got a big pile of cash, and now everything crashes, uh, prices go down, stocks go down, and they buy it all back for pennies on the dollar. Not everybody got hurt in the Depression. Some people were made by it. After tumultuous trading in 2016, two of the three major U.S. averages clawed back to finish the first quarter in the green. At one point in the quarter, the major indexes plunged more than 11% from the start of the year. They rebounded, though, and enjoyed particularly strong runs in March. The Dow Jones Saw its biggest quarterly comeback since 1933. Oh, gosh, and that fixed everything, didn't it? See, that's the point I'm making, folks. This has happened before. We are on the same track, except there's one big difference. See, in 1933, they had not yet taken gold out of circulation. But they were fixing to, because that is the year they did that. And who knows, maybe the uh, Dow Jones went up because of that. Take away gold, start spitting out phony money. Hey, everybody can buy stocks now. Yay. I'm just saying, folks, history repeats, and it just did. So there you go. Don't don't think this is good news, okay? It's not good news because uh, 1933 was basically officially the start of the Depression in the United States because... You know, people, yes, there were people in 1930 saying, hey, we are headed into a depression here. This is bad. We ain't getting out. Get ready. And there were people writing about that. But they were considered nutcases. I don't think they had tinfoil hats back then, but hey, if they did, they would have been accused of wearing tinfoil hats and buying into conspiracy theories and nonsense and craziness. Bah! Because why? Everybody figured, oh, it's okay. The bankers will fix it. They're smart. They got a lot of money. They got nice suits. They got pretty wives. Too bad they didn't have reality shows, you know, because then everybody really would have been happy. But at least we have that, huh? What do you think of this? Broadway. Broadway Union. Actors, I guess, have a union there, and they're taking issue with Hamilton. It's a play. Why? Because they had a casting call. Now, get this. A casting call for non-white performers. Can you imagine? Can I mean, honestly, can you imagine if a Hollywood or a Broadway play put out a casting call and said... Blacks and Latinos need not apply. 
white only. Can you imagine what 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 that would bring? Yet here they are. It's okay for them. Hey, no problem. You know, oh whatever. Man. And we talk about affirmative action. You see, this is how bad it has gotten under Obama. And, you know, and I hate to say this. I really do. But the black community has acted like spoiled brats. No, really, just like a spoiled brat who never really gets to go anywhere, go do anything. And then one day, Uncle Tom comes to town. And Uncle Tom's got money, and he says, hey, Junior, let me take you to the ice cream shop. Let me take you to the movies. Let me take you out over here. Let me take you over here. And, boy, it's a great day. It's a lot of fun. Let's go to Disneyland, Uncle Tom says. Well, okay, time to go. Get, let's get back home to the ghetto. Kid starts screaming and yelling and not going and, you know, wants to go to the ice cream parlor every single day, all day, every day. That's kind of what's going on with the black community. They got a black president, and now they figure, hey, we're just going to run rampant because we're here now. Oh, you've always been here. But you see, now, instead of saying, okay, great, this is great. You know what? We're kind of on an equal footing. We got a black president. Let's talk about equalizing things, like getting rid of affirmative action. And, and you know, obviously, in certain poorer black communities, we've got to do something about the education system and the health care system. And, you know, it's got to, if we're going to be equal and fair, we've got to be equal and fair, right? But no, that's not what happened. What happened was, okay, we got a black president now. We can run rampant. We can do whatever we want. Woohoo! homies in the White House. Wow. Bummer. Well, anyway. It's not going to help them out. It's not helping anybody out, really, but it's just not going to help them either. But they, we'll see. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a bit.
people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Stephan. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still Thursday, March 31st, 2016. It's about 844 out here on the Pacific Time Coast. If that's when it is where you're at, we're live. 800-932-1980. You can also go to uh, theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. Look for the chat link on the left-hand side. Uh, or, you know, if you're on a mobile, I guess it'll be somewhere else. Uh, go on in there, chat with the other people in there. They're not saying a whole lot right now, but they're in there. You can also contact me directly, Yahoo Instant Messenger, AVRN Talk. That's the screen name, the songs. We're both from Richie Blackmore's Rainbow. So there you have it. All right, let's get to some other things and stuff. Uh, hmm. Where were we? Oh, gosh. All right. I was uh, moving uh, over here, and apparently some sites have this thing where they... I, I had to read that because it was... Uh, <laughs> it was actually uh, saying, we're checking your site, we're checking your browser, uh, you know, to... DOD uh, attacks. Anyway, it's a good time for caller. Let's take the caller. Go ahead, caller. Okay, I don't know what that was, but uh, we'll shut that off because apparently there's something very wrong there. All right, let's move on. States are using smart lighting systems to create a national biometric and vehicle database. Now, we've talked about these smart lighting systems in the past, okay? This is not uh, necessarily breaking news, but now they're figuring out they're creating a database. A company called Sensity Systems, S-E-N-S-I-T-Y, if you want to look it up, Sensity Systems is using smart LED lighting called NetSense to set up a national surveillance network. The name of the new national surveillance network is called, you're going to like this, Skynet. Ah, just joking. It's not really called Skynet. That's from Terminator. But uh, it's actually called NetSense, okay? SenseCity's NetSense partner program is designed to accelerate a global ecosystem for the industrial Internet of Things. The company targets malls, universities, and cities. According to the Daily Mail, smart lights are being touted as security devices that can assist with homeland security measures by providing applications like video surveillance and motion sensors. NetSense enables security solutions in, in environments such as parking lots and garages, college and corporate campuses, and city streets where there is a need for enhanced security, asset protection, and perimeter detection. Look, I don't have a problem if you want to put this around in your place. Look, even a parking lot, all right? I mean, even a parking lot. I get it. It's your parking lot. You own the parking lot. You want to keep an eye on things. Fine. If I don't want to be surveilled, I don't go in your parking lot. That's all. But, you know, city streets is a little different story. Since it's... 
high-density smart LED lights are being installed in airports across the country using an array of sensors and eight video cameras around the Newark Airport Terminal. The Sensity light fixtures are part of a new wireless network that collects and feeds data into software that can spot long lines, recognize license plates, and even identify suspicious activity, sending alerts to the appropriate staff. And I'm going to add this also, folks. They're not talking about the facial recognition software that they have developed that works fairly well. Now, that doesn't mean it can't be defeated, but it works fairly well if you don't take any measures to defeat it. They don't mention that here. So it's not just your license plate. It's also your face. The airport has installed 171 smart LED lighting fixtures attached to the ceiling that peer down and record the movements of passengers and staff. Las Vegas' Las Vegas's smart lights can record people's conversations. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Doesn't that break wiretapping laws right there, folks? I mean, even in the most liberal states of, uh, and in this case, when it comes to wiretapping laws, it's good to have a liberal wiretapping law, okay? Because what that means is, like here in Oregon, it's, it's worded something like this, that if one party to the conversation is aware of the recording, it is legal. Okay? Other states say that, hey, you've got to, uh, and this would be more of a conservative uh, wiretapping, that both, you, if you're going to record somebody, you have to let them know. That's why when you get these phone calls, they say, uh, uh, this telephone call might be recorded for, you know, customer you know, to to enhance your, to make things better for you. We're going to record this. Uh, uh, sure. And if things are better for you, we'll be sure to lose that recording. Just like the cops. Oh, we've got these dash cams. And uh, if we see evidence that will put you in jail, here it is. Here it is, video stuff. But if it records something, the cop did bad. Oh, bad news. You know, the recording got, uh, there was a technical glitch, and it all got erased. Oh, boy, what a bummer, huh? Yeah. Anyway. Uh, da, 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 the technology... So, now the thing about it is, about this, I just looked at it again, people's conversations. You see, this is a light fixture listening in on your conversations. That light fixture is probably not going to be involved in your conversation. Therefore, two of you could be having a conversation, having it recorded by the light fixture. Neither one of you knows the recording is being taken. That is wiretapping. Okay, that is a violation of law, at least here in Oregon, at least for now. The technology, you know, is taking us to a place where, you know, you'll essentially be monitored from the moment you leave your home to the moment you get home. At what point do we say this is the land of the free? People have a right to a reasonable amount of privacy. Cisco and Sensity reveal smart lighting is really about revenue enhancing and spying. The solution gathers and delivers the data by combining the foundational smart 
plus connected Wi-Fi infrastructure with IP cameras, sensors, and smartphone apps. It integrates with enforcement applications, pushing expiration notices to traffic offenders for ticketing. Are you getting this? So you're driving down the road, you go by a light, oh, well, you know what, your little tag on your deal is expired. Now it gets reported. No cops saw you. You just got reported. You'll get a letter in the mail with how much they want you to send them. NetSense for parking gives owners and operators the ability to increase parking revenues. Video analytics capabilities include, for example, the detection of loitering, entering forbidden areas, and license plate recognition again. City benefits increased revenue through improved capture rates and tickets issued for parking violations. Additional revenue from pricing changes powered by analytics, higher enforcement of officer productivity and Empowerment through the use of technology, improved success rate in parking ticket disputes. So, uh, here you go. It's all about, hey, we want to siphon more money out of you. Cisco Fast Retail Analytics Solutions help enable information gathering and assessment of data, not only within the store, but across the entire chain, across all layers, using sensors based on Internet of Everything. You can optimize checkout service levels, monitor out of stocks, track possible shoplifters in real time, and access supply chain performance. Is, Sensi- is Sensity another DHS front company? Well, let's see. Sensity is backed by Cisco Systems, which has close ties to the Department of Homeland Security. Cisco has an entire page devoted to DHS security. Cisco's source fire system is certified by DHS. Carl D. Gorote was Cisco's senior director of U.S. sales with Department of Homeland Security. In 2014, Sensity was awarded DHS's Safety Act designation. Sensity hired former DHS First Secretary Tom Ridge and other DHS employees to work on their strategic advisory board. DHS employees working with four corporations is not news. The controversy surrounding global security intelligence strategies is a perfect example. GSIS was founded by the former director of the Secret Service, Mark Sullivan, just weeks after Mr. Sullivan retired from the service. This goes on and on and on, folks. You know what? Bad news. Bad news for all of us. Police State USA. Let me tell you what, though, folks. You want to know the weakness? I'll tell you the weakness. You probably already know the weakness yourself, okay? You listen. You know what it is, don't you? I'm waiting. It's all based on Wi-Fi. There's a hint. Uh-huh, huh? Huh? Why do you think the government is so intent on nobody being able to have a Wi-Fi jammer? They don't want you anywhere near that sort of technology. They don't even want you thinking about that sort of crap. Well, guess what? It isn't all that difficult. Okay? It isn't all that difficult. You can get these things. You can boost the power. You can go into a parking lot, and guess what? You ain't taking any pictures of anybody within this, you know, the area of this thing. It works. Hmm? What if you were to make them smaller? What if you were to put them around a certain place? Hide them. Hey, that'll give the boys something to do. Get out in the parking lot and go look for this thing, huh? Why don't you spend a few hours doing that every day? 
Let's see what else we got. We're running out of time, but hey. Please don't shoot me. Body cam shows innocent or unarmed dad killed by cop begging for his life. That's right, Mesa, Arizona. Police officer Philip Brailsford has been charged with second-degree murder of Daniel Shaver, an innocent father of two. The shooting was captured on his body cam. January 18th, Brailsford, along with several other officers, responded to a call about a suspect with a rifle in a hotel room. The rifle was nothing more than a pellet gun, and that was used in Shaver's business of pest control. However, Shaver was not in possession of the pellet gun when he was murdered in cold blood by Officer Brailsford. According to KTAR, Brailsford told investigators that Shaver was ordered to crawl towards officers with his hands on the ground. But the officer believed Shaver's move forward was an attempt to get better firing position on us. The officer said he could no longer see Shaver's right hand and worried that Shaver could have easily drawn on officers who were just feet away in a hallway outside the room. Outside the room? Huh? So that's when I assessed the threat. I fired my weapon uh, five times, Brailsford said, adding that it was terrifying the first time Shaver reached back. Huh. Well, what... Is the lesson to be learned here, folks? When the police come a-calling, blast them into bloody specks on the ground before they do you. See, oh, he's charged with second-degree murder. Isn't that nice? Isn't that wonderful? Is that going to bring the dead guy back? He's a father. Is that going to give his children their father back? No, it's not. You know what? It's time for these cops to start going home in body bags and start having their children weep over their dead daddy. It's their turn. You know what? I understand all these black people in the cities being all riled up about the police. The police have earned this. I don't care if you're a white or a black cop. You're wearing that uniform. You're the enemy. Okay? I know it. The black people know it. The only ones that don't know it are the lily white white boys out here who do have the privilege. And it's not because of the color of their skin. It's because of the size of their wad of money they got. That's what gets them by. Nobody gives a damn what color your skin is. It's how much money you got. Hey, we got a president who almost looks black. Does anybody care? No, I don't even care. I care that, yeah, he's a communist, he's a globalist, he's a liar, he's a homo, he's a foreigner. I, yeah, I care about all those things, but do I care that he's black? No, not so much. And is he in there because he's black? No, he's in there because he was connected. Connected. So I'll tell you, folks. I understand. I really do understand because, you know what? One thing I have in common with black people, black people live in inner cities and they're poor and they have a lot of uh, interaction with the police, a lot more than most of you ever have. I was homeless for seven years. I lived on the street for seven years. I had a lot more interaction with the police than most of you ever have. And I can tell you, 
90% of the time, it was a bad experience. I'd say, well, maybe out of you know, that 90% of the time, 20% of the time was a very bad experience. I didn't have a gun. I do now. Folks, get yourself some guns. Get yourself a pile of ammo. Get yourself your mindset. Get your mind right in other ways. Start thinking out of the box because your gun might not always be there. You might have to do something else. You might have more people coming than your gun can handle. Don't worry. There's other things that you can do to deal with that. That's as far as I'm going to go with that. You have to use your imagination. And the imagination is almost endless, but I've got to go. I'll be back again at noon tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Grapevine, my new neighbor, don't like my big red barn. A 47 Ford bullet holes in the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt, and your rambling don't rattle me. Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. of our republic, waging war on the new world order. This is Govern America. Govern America. From just south of the Great Lakes capital city where government poisons the water and prosecutors solicit hookers, we're broadcasting live from FEMA Region 5 in the rural swamplands of reinvented Michigan. This is Govern America. I'm Darren Weeks, your host here for the next three hours. Nice to have you with us as we once again document the crisis of our republic, the undermining of our national, state, and individual autonomy. Today is the 26th of March, 2016, and it's good to have you with us once again, ladies and gentlemen. I was a little under the weather last week, so I apologize that we weren't able to put out a new show last week, but we're here now, and it never ceases to amaze me that uh, it seems like uh, no matter what you do to try to get ready for a show, uh, at the last minute, you're always there's always a scramble taking place here. For some reason, I generally run a uh, air check off the satellite just to make sure the quality is uh, going out okay and coming back here uh, locally. Uh, we have the uh, satellite link that we pull down, and I generally run a VHS, believe it or not. Uh, VHS actually records very good audio, but I uh, run an air check just to make sure the satellite went okay, and uh, I realized that the uh, tape wasn't rewound. So 
Uh, don't know what happened there, but uh, that was an oversight. Always seems to be something, doesn't it? Anyway, it's good to have you with us, ladies and gentlemen. A lot going on. I mentioned the uh, fact that prosecutors are soliciting hookers here now. That was something that developed here last week locally. I don't spend a whole lot of time on local stuff unless it's relevant to the entire nation, but I think it's part and parcel of the corruption that's taking place around the country right now in really every level of government. It seems like regardless of the town, regardless of the county, regardless of the city, you got just thorough co corruption. It's thoroughly corrupt. And and certainly the counties nearby me is no exception, including the one I'm in right now. But the neighboring county is Ingham County, where we have a prosecutor that's been there Oh, shoot, I don't know, 18, 19 years, something like that. He's been there. His name is Stuart Dunnings. He's been in there uh, for probably most of my professional broadcasting career, which is over – I've been in professional broadcasting for over 20 years. I dabbled in it before I went into it professionally. Uh, and this uh, Stuart Dunnings has been there forever. Uh, I remember press conferences going way back to when I first started. So – uh, now it's come out, apparently the FBI was conducting some sort of an investigation on human smuggling, and I guess uh, it led to Stuart Dunnings, according to what's being told. Uh, M Live, our local publication here, says the top prosecutor in Ingham County is being uh, prosecuted himself in what could be hundreds hundreds of prostitution incidents spanning three counties. Stuart Dunnings III has served as Ingham County Prosecutor since 1997. He faces 15 charges across three counties over his alleged patronage of prostitutes between 2010 and 2015, according to Attorney General Bill Schutte's office. He was arrested Monday in a coffee shop, according, uh, according to officials. Uh, so... He says uh, there's been chatter over the years, but never any proof until uh, several months ago when we started this investigation, according to Ingham County Sheriff uh, James Wigglesworth. Judy's office said a 2015 FBI human trafficking investigation against Tyrone Smith led to Dunnings, who was allegedly a client of the trafficking ring. So this is Michigan, listeners, uh, where you have county prosecutors uh, engaged, evidently, and of course, we understand under the American system, he's in it, presumed innocent until proven guilty. But the, alleged, the allegations are that he is a client of this smuggling ring, human trafficking, trafficking ring. Um, now, they quote, they say, FBI senior resident agent Ted Docks said, through that investigation, quote, we developed information we could not ignore involving a public official. That was the end of that quote. Both the FBI and Rigglesworth gave information to Shooty's office about Dunning's involvement with prostitutes. So anyway, instead of the Ingham County prosecutor, he really is an Ingham County prostitutor. That is assuming that he is guilty. But, I mean, this just kind of gives you an idea. And, you know, like I said, I don't spend a whole lot of time on local things um, because, well, I like to appeal to the larger audience. But uh, this, this actually did make national headlines. Uh, and, of course, now all the past cases that he has prosecuted, there's many of that stuff that's going to have to be looked at. 
you know, how many how many uh, prostitutes did he maybe send to prison? That, you know, I mean, were there some that rejected him? That you know, I mean, it raises all kinds of questions. Anyway, uh, in the meantime, we have uh, our governor here, Rick Snyder. Uh, we uh, talked about this Flint water thing, which is another national story now. Um, continues to be a problem and will be a problem. It's not going away. It's going to be a part of the Snyder administration the rest of the time he's in office. He shouldn't be in office. But, you know, when when Governor Jennifer Granholm was in office here in Michigan, I, 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 I thought she was a deplorable woman uh, for the things that she was doing with the environmental movement, uh, with the Great Lakes Governor's uh, consortium thing, the regional, international regional entity she set up here to govern the Great Lakes. Uh, but yet, <laughs> a lot of what she did is what she didn't do. And to be honest with you, seeing Governor Snyder come in and do what he has done makes me nostalgic for Jennifer Granholm. Because we didn't have near the destruction to this state that we've had with him. And if, if listen, folks, if you have any blessing at all, there was talk before this Flint water thing that Rick Snyder might run for the White House. There was talk that he might have a presidential bid, and he was cagey on whether whether or not that question would come up. He was always cagey. Let's hope to God, given the fascist, this scumbag really has turned out to be let's hope that this kills his 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 chances at running for the white house not that the white house is going to be in anybody else's hands that are any good any either uh, i've got some other information <laughs> can't quit picking on trump if we get to it later on we'll uh we'll address some of the presidential stuff uh, it, it's not the top of my priority list, I admit. Uh, but anyway, the Flint water situation, uh, FEMA's rejecting Michigan's uh, call for more money. That's all they're going to do, destroy people's health, and just, she, just, just throw money at it. That's the only thing they can do. Uh, so, and, and it turns out now USA Today did an investigation, and the Flint water situation is not unique to Flint. Surprise, surprise. Lots of people's water. Uh, in fact, uh, they said 350 schools and daycare centers nationwide failed lead tests. A total of about 470 times from 2012 through 2015. That's according to USA Today and uh, Common Dreams News Center uh, reporting that. So apparently Flint is just something that put bad water on the map. Uh, Flint is something that uh, raised awareness to the subject. Uh, Washington Post says the mystery surrounding... Oh, this is kind of interesting here, talking about the Flint stuff. Uh, the, the mystery surrounding missing water files at Flint City Hall. Apparently, there before all this stuff became public, there was actually a break-in. This is sounding more and more like Watergate. Literally, Watergate. Days before the federal government opened an investigation into the Flint water crisis, someone broke into a vacant city hall 
office full of documents related to the embattled Michigan City's water system. Nearly three months later, officials have confirmed that a TV went missing, but little else is known, according to the Flint Journal. Without suspects or a firm handle on what has what else may have been swiped, authorities told the paper last week that the crime may have remained unsolved. No warrants have been issued in the case, but officials don't shy away from speculative statements that stop just short of conspiracy theories. Well, now, we wouldn't want to have any uh, conspiracy theories, now, would we? No, you're crazy if you form conspiracy theories, even though every single time a crime is investigated, investigators form conspiracy theories, don't they? I think they do. Are they considered crackpots? Well, maybe they should be. Anyway, Tim Johnson, uh, police chief conspiracy theorist, uh, I mean, uh, investigator, he told the journal it was definitely an inside job. Uh-oh, he said it was an inside job. Must be one of them crackpot conspiracy theories, theorists. Anyway, he says the power cord to the TV wasn't even taken. The average drug user knows that you need to have the power cord to be able to pawn it. It was somebody that had knowledge of those documents that really wanted to keep them out of the right hands, out of the hands of someone who was going to tell the real story of what's going on with Flint Water. Well, they say the break-in was discovered by a city hall employee who returned to work after a break on December 28th, noticed a broken window, according to the journal. Surveillance footage shows someone leaving the scene with a TV that investigators believe was removed from the room in question, the paper reported. That particular room was not assigned to a city employee. At the time, no other offices were targeted, the journal reported. Anyway, it goes on from there. I'm not going to bore you with all the nitty-gritty details, uh, and they'll never really probably ever know all of the nitty-gritty details. But certainly, Flint really is a water gate, listeners. Wow. Uh, moving along here, we see, oh, other other horrible things happening locally. And I'm not going to spend the whole show doing local stuff. Don't worry. But uh, I did think this was noteworthy because it, if it's happening in my school system, it's happening in your school system too, listeners. We've talked a lot on this broadcast about Goals 2000, workforce development, blah, 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 blah. Here we have another one. Uh, Kaiser Elementary students experience hands-on STEM activities during Tech Day. Tech Day. This comes from M Live right here, Michigan Center. Third graders spent Thursday, March 24th, programming robots. Listeners, they were programming robots, building video games from code, and making videos in both regular speed and stop-motion speed. Oops, my bell didn't ring that time. Anyway, they uh, it was all a part of Tech Day, they say, at Michigan Center's Kaiser Elementary School. Third grade teacher Stacy Arnold learned about a similar program her nephew participated in at this Matawan school and knew she had to bring the activity to her students. Why? Why did she have to do that? This is what's being encouraged today. Workforce development. Let's get them all trained for their future career. Let's get them started at an early age, preschool, kindergarten, their entire quote-unquote educational experience. 
is going to be geared toward their career. Well, what's wrong with this picture? To the average person who doesn't know any better, they think, well, you know, I, yeah, I, I guess we need to compete. You know, it's a global world, never mind the fact that they made it the global world. Once upon a time, we were only competing with each other. Yes, we competed with the rest of the world, but it wasn't hard because we had industry. You could make your way here, ladies and gentlemen, in this United States of America. You could make your way without an education. I mean, if you if you only knew how to properly utter three syllables, you could find a job. Because it wasn't all about brains. It was about brawn. You had muscles. You had... Sometimes you could develop skills, you know, from your own family and go find a job. Help so, Have somebody help you put a resume together, format it properly, submit it to a shop. They don't care about your resume. It's not about your resume. It's about what you can do for them. It's about hiring, bringing you on, hiring you to get, because they got a job that needs to be done, and you don't really have to know a whole lot to be able to stamp out. I, you know, I'm not trying to do, I'm not trying to um uh denigrate anybody for any particular field. The point is though is that you don't have to have an education to do a lot of these jobs that have been that have left this country. And that was a good thing to have jobs in this country. So, folks, you didn't have to go massively in debt, six figures in debt, to be able to get a job. That's the point, to be able to make your way in this country. You didn't have to be able to do that once upon a time, and it wasn't that long ago. But since all of these World Trade Organization agreements came along, and I know I harp on this all the time, but there's a reason, because they have destroyed our country Worse than anything else imaginable. A lot of people in the Patriot effort harp on the Federal Reserve. And yes, the Federal Reserve is evil, it's diabolical, it's satanic, it's right from the pits of hell. But even the Federal Reserve, as horrific as it is, even the control of the money, the thing that has tanked this country faster than anything else is these international trade agreements that have made our jobs, give our corporations incentive to shop around the world for the cheapest labor they can find. And now as a result of all of this nonsense that we're doing around the world, oh, all these college students, all these young people, you want to know why they're supporting Bernie Sanders? Because Bernie Sanders is promising them the world. Hey, you can get a free education, baby. Let me sign you up. Never mind the fact that you're going to nothing's free in this world and you're going to be paying for it with everything that you possibly can do your entire life. You're going to be working that off and everybody else that comes after you because the debt's going to mount, 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 mount. Bernie Sanders is a communist, folks. And I wouldn't even say a closet communist. He's come right out and said, I'm a democratic socialist. Well, what's a democratic socialist? It's a communist. They just don't use the word C word in America. But this guy is a communist. But they support him. Why? Because he promises to take care of their heavy load. He promises that he will pay for their education or indoctrination, whatever you want to call it. 
But their entire world experience is being tailored. Lifelong learning, cradle to grave, geared toward the workforce, the labor force. In other words, slave, congratulations, slave. Everything they're telling you is for you to be a better slave. Doesn't that just make you warm and fuzzy? And here we have a perfect example of this locally. All right, I spent more time on that than I intended to. And if that didn't tick me off bad enough, guess what? Here we see also Michigan officials consider policies on lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and queer students, including restroom choice. Unbelievable. Michigan's going right along with all these other states. California, I guess, leading the way. And how does this all happen? I guarantee if you dug a little digging, you'd find one of those groups like the American Legislative Exchange Council or the other one. Um, I think the ALEC is the conservative wing. What was the other one? The National Conference of State Legislators. Probably find one of these groups pushing this locally at every state because these these ideas don't just naturally materialize. This stuff isn't organic. The AP says uh, the State Board of Education is considering a new set of policies aimed at ensuring students who identify as lesbian, uh, identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, or questioning. Okay, so it's not queer, it's questioning. Questioning. <laughs> Unbelievable. Questioning are treated fairly in schools across Michigan. Well, I question a lot of things. Does that mean I can go in whatever restroom I want? I mean, I don't question my sexuality, but I question a lot of other things. Does that mean I can just do whatever I want? I mean, if you're feeling a little feminine one day, you know, can I, can I just go into the female restroom? How insane is this, folks? This isn't about gay rights. This isn't about homosexual anything. This is about... Tearing down social norms. That's what this is about. This is about deconstruction society. Cultural Marxism. That's what this is, folks. The Detroit Free Press, they say, reports that the policies include guidelines such as allowing a student to use restrooms based on their gender identity. Ensuring staff are trained to address issues facing LGBTQ students. Supporting creation of clubs like as Gay Straight Alliances and even allowing kids to choose their own names. Allowing kids to choose their own names. Undermining parental authority. Do you see how this works? It all fits together. Folks, you can't have a society like this very long before it collapses. I've said this before repeatedly on this broadcast and others as well, wherever I've been. How can you solve the greater problems of society when you can't figure out what John to use? I mean, if you that's pretty basic, isn't it? Kind of reminds me of the old Fago commercial. Which way did he go? Which way did he go? Yeah, which way did he go? Which way do I go? What do I do? I mean, look, that's pretty basic. So, but if you don't speak up, 
this is what happens. A small, and I was talking to my wife about this this morning. She said, well, what about our rights? I said, you don't have any unless you use them. See, this is all a, a small, vocal minority. These people are minorities. The smallest, tiniest minority. The vast majority of society will be victimized by this. Yet, these people are being pushed. The freaks of society are being given rights over you. Because it's about tearing down social norms. It's about destroying our culture. Destroying traditional values. Because traditional values have been the backbone of this nation. And everything that's being done today is about making this nation weak. Destroying our country. You can't have a strong country when you have <laughs> prissy little people who don't know what John to use. Uh, and another way you flood the country with with <laughs> migrants and investors from other nations. Uh, we also see from the Associated Press a Chinese writer. And this goes to show you uh, this whole promise of China. Oh, well, if we start doing free trade with them, they'll just realize the errors of their communist ways and make reforms. Yeah, uh-huh. That's really worked out real good, hasn't it? A Chinese writer linked to the investigation of an online petition calling for the Chinese president's resignation has been released. His lawyer confirmed today, Saturday. Jia Jia. And I'm sure I'm probably not pronouncing his name correctly, but who cares? He was taken away by the police on March 15th from the Beijing airport on Friday night. Friday night, excuse me. Informed friends in a private social media group of his safety. His lawyer, Yan Zhen, confirmed that Jia was free. He had met his wife, although he was staying in a hotel, uh, could return home any time. Thank you, everyone. I dare not forget your concerns. Gia, who was, uh, he's declined media interviews. Why is he declining media interviews? Because he's scared. He's scared they're going to arrest him again. Who knows what they did to him when he was in their custody, listeners. Apparently, uh, he's a part of a high-profile investigation into an anonymous letter that criticizes President Xi, Xi Jinping's rule and called him to step down. Uh, briefly appeared on the government-controlled news site Watchdog.cn, or I'm excuse, excuse me, I'm sorry, Watching.cn in early March. We don't think Comrade Xi Jinping has the ability to lead the party and the uh, country into the future. We don't think he's suitable to be the general secretary of the party, said the letter, which was signed by loyal Communist Party members and dated March 2016. It went on to demand Z's resignation, criticizing him for consolidating too much power and making wrong decisions that led to China's stock turmoil. Anyway, it goes on from there. The point is, they're still arresting people over there. They're still... I, I have every reason to believe they're torturing people. They haven't changed their stripes one iota. Yet, that's okay. We're good with it. Right here in Michigan, they're uh, continuing to uh, court the communist Chinese 
And I had a story to deal with on that, but I'm not going to be able to cover it because for some strange reason, it's not coming up now. Maybe later. Anyway, uh, we're almost up to the break time already. Can't believe how fast that half hour went. I've got a. I'm going to talk about this uh, Beijing, or I'm sorry, this um, Belgium terrorist attack. As time progresses here, listeners, I don't know how many other people in the Patriot effort are addressing it. Uh, probably quite a few, I would imagine. But uh, just to give you an idea, just how ridiculous things are, we have a. I mean, I'm talking about homeland security here. U.S.-China trade gap is the world's biggest. $365 billion, listeners. Washington Examiner says Republican presidential frontrunner Donald Trump has been mocked by critics for shouting that China is killing us economically. Well, gee, why would anybody say that? Why would anybody say China is killing us economically? Uh, maybe because they are? Uh, look around you. Anybody who thinks they're not are profiting from China. But anybody else on the ground, on the street, sees it's happening. Gee, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look around and see all the out-of-business plants that used to be in business. Anyway, they say a new analysis of U.S.-China trade shows that the trade gap isn't just a historic high, but that the imbalance is the widest for any bilateral trade ever. Anyway, we got to take the break. Uh, we'll go ahead and take that. And, uh, the, uh, by the way, the uh, phone number, if you'd like to call in, 1-844-646-8376. That's 1-844-646-8376. Website is governamerica.com. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Please stay with us. vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, 
relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Mr. Scam Man, where is your dream? I thought my life would be all peaches and cream. Now I don't have a job and I'm out of money. And moving forward, things don't look too sunny. Scam Man, I'm so alone. Don't have a mortgage to call my own. So much for the they are they just do as they're told anyway and donald trump is the same way all of them are the same way so quit looking to the federal government and heroes at the federal level for your solutions listeners nobody's going to be a solution for you except yourself you better take care of yourself you better be independent as best as you can be because nobody's going to do it for you i promise you that even on a local level. The only chance we have is a local level, but unless you have a lot of people there working with you, uh, they're not going to listen to you either. And, I, and I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not trying to be negative. I'm just telling you the way it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We were living with the results of not doing anything. By the way, my uh, website or my uh, article is up on newswithviews.com. Right now, uh, if you're listening live, it's up there today, Saturday. Uh, it's about the Belgium situation, foreknowledge of the incident. And uh, we're going to get to that as time progresses. Right now, we have a caller on the line. And uh go ahead and take John. I think it's John in Tennessee. John, good morning. It is. Darren, I sent you a text this morning regarding the uh, attack in Belgium. Yeah. People might find it interesting. You know, I, I got a link a while back, I guess the day after it occurred, claiming that uh, Skull and Bones was behind it, the Illuminati, and I don't doubt that. Yeah, well, it happened on March 22nd, 322. You know, that's their number. Right. And, well, 322 is also, 
a Bible verse in Revelation chapter 3, verse 22, and it says, uh, basically, let him that hath the ears hear what the Spirit saith to the church. You know, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man open the door, I'll come in. And you could hear Satan saying the same thing, right? Yeah. So, so anyway, it also, what's funny about it, it happened on the 22nd. And you know, I look at I look at moon phases and uh, symbology. Happened to be a full moon on the 22nd, 13 days after a new moon, 14 days through the synodic month of the 28-day cycle. So there's too much. Well, John, you gotta you gotta explain what you mean by all this because. When people say, first of all, when you say you look at moon phases, uh, you know, the average person is probably going to think uh, uh, Twilight Zone, you know? So, well, you, you, you gotta, gotta, why do you look at moon phases? Well, they, they happen to rule their lives according to signs of the sun, the moon, and the stars. You know, they're, they're astrology, they're uh, occult, they're, you know, they're, we call it uh, superstitions. But to them, it's very real. It's very real. And I've looked at past historic events where things have occurred and seen the same the same occurrence of events, the same numbers always showing up. Anyway, a synodic month is a 28-and-a-half-day cycle uh, between the new moon. You know, there's 28-and-a-half days. It's a synodic month. Okay. So anyway, it occurred on the 22nd of the third month, which is 322. 2016, which is 20 and 1 and, seven, and 6 is 27, 2 and 7 is 9, 3 times 3. It, it's, it's hard to explain it. These people are evil. Yeah, well, they're okay. very involved in occult symbolism. And uh, so a lot of people, and you're one of them, that try to look at these symbols to try to figure out either if it's a false well, flag see, or get, even maybe even to try to predict what may be coming, although I think that they seem to be changing their formula constantly. I'm sorry? Right, and they're trying to initiate, they're trying to initiate the occurrence of events. Something mm -hmm. uh, interesting began March the 23rd, the day after. There's a lunar eclipse. Now, when you look at the date, March 22nd, that's a high satanic holiday where, where they, they invoke the spirit of this witch spirit. And I, I'm not saying that these... That any of this is true, I can't say that. I'm not saying that any of it is untrue, because we know that we wrestle not with flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness and rulers in high places. So anyway, they invoke a witch spirit called Kulifi, who, who embodies this man transformation, imagination, divinations, dreams, and happens to enjoy sex with animals, copulation with animals, fish, and serpents. Now, we, you realize that in Belgium, how did they comfort one another? The, the bells in Belgium chimed out John Lennon's song, Imagine. Mm. So, <laughs> coincidence? Yeah. Not. I don't yeah. believe it. Well, I just wanted to let people know, look, man, you have more to be... And, and you don't have any cause for fear because we're told all throughout the book, fear not, fear not. But you need to realize that your enemy is not necessarily 
And that's not to say that there aren't those that want us dead that are Muslims, just like there are so-called Christians that want Muslims dead. But your enemy is not some person, some family, some man or woman in a desert in the Middle East. Your enemy is what Paul talked about in the book of Ephesians, is not flesh and blood, but is principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. That, and that doesn't necessarily mean the heavens. That can mean the governments of the world, high positions, high places. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I wanted to comment on this imagine, you know, John Lennon's imagine, because how ironic is it that they would be using that song, which talks about uh, imagine a world without borders. You know, it, it's a it's a world without borders that led with to this no whole heaven. terror. No yeah, well, no heaven either. But you know, imagine. but it's a it's this whole promotion of of a world without borders, a borderless world. They created this mess in the first place. You know, well, now just, we're, just so people people may not know the song. Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. No hell below us. Okay, a world without borders, which is everything that they want to do. So they're, I think, what they're doing is trying to initiate the occurrence of events using symbolism and say maybe some satanic uh, conjuring and whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. because we know that the battle is real. Yep. But that's that's what I had. I just right. wanted to to get people. To look at it, pick a date in history, folks. Pick Pearl Harbor, pick the assassination of JFK. You can go back on the Internet. Look at the moon phases of major historical events. And it's too coincidental to be coincidence. You're just one of those conspiracy theorists, John. Well, I'm a, I'm a conspiracy. You know, even the Bible says, Darren, and you know it, it was a conspiracy among men. You go to court, you're charged with a crime. John, you're being charged with conspiracy to commit bank fraud. How do you plead? Well, it's a theory until they prove it. The evidence is there. It's no longer a theory to you and I and others that are looking at truth. Yeah. If they want to pass it off and, and marginalize and ridicule and say you're a theorist, when you're basically just wanting to bring the truth before the eyes of the people that it affects. Yep, that's it. So, All right. Appreciate well, it. I appreciate you, man. Thanks for the call. Oops, sorry. I think I cut you off a little early. Anyway, uh, moving along here, I want to finish up with this China thing real quick, and then we'll uh, get to the uh, Belgium situation. We'll revisit that. Uh, now we see the Chinese uh, have built have uh, bought up the Marriott Hotel. Well, actually, no, I take that back. Starwood. Starwood Hotels and Resorts. On uh, Friday, and this is actually dated the 19th, set of 13, oh, there's the 13 again, speaking of symbolism, $13 billion cash offer from China's Ang Bang Insurance Company group was superior to the one Marriott International offered, uh, setting the stage for the largest ever deal, listeners, by a Chinese company in the United States. They're taking over Starward Hotels and Resorts worldwide. Uh, now, the uh, Starwood it operates the Sheraton and the Westin Hotels. Keep in mind, it wasn't that long ago uh, that we had 
our government officials not wanting to hold meetings in certain hotels because of the uh, sensitive nature of the meetings. And the, the thought was is that the rooms might have been bugged because China owned these hotels. <laughs> so this is continuing to be allowed. The operator of Sheridan and Weston Hotel said the Chinese insurers offer beat Marriott's previously agreed cash and stock offer by nearly 15%, and that it planned to scrap the proposed deal when the rival hotel with the rival hotel chain. And Bang has said on a U.S. hotel buying spree as Chinese insurers rush to acquire cash-generating assets as they struggle to keep up with the policy liabilities of the country's aging population. U.S. assets are also seen as a good hedge against weakness in the Chinese yuan currency. It goes on from there. The entire article will be in the show notes. The point is, is that they're buying and we're going further into debt to support them. Uh, meantime, we see Blackwater founder investigated for ties to Chinese intelligence and money laundering, listeners. So, gee, hmm, Chinese intelligence. Uh, can you say espionage? These people are our enemies, and we're letting them in. They're inside the gate. We open the gate wide. In fact, we tear down the fences. Hey, come on in. Founder of the CIA-affiliated mercenary group Blackwater, Eric Prince, is under investigation by the U.S. Uh, Department of Justice, and this is Andrew Emmett, an activist post. U.S. Department, he's under investigation by the Justice Department. <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, uh, scumbags investigating the scumbags. Anyway, uh, for allegedly using his current Hong Kong-based corporation to illegally provide weapons and covert operators into conflict zones. Besides money laundering for Libyan officials using a Chinese bank, Prince has also been accused of murdering two federal informants working with the Justice Department while leading a reckless group of mercenaries responsible for butchering allies and innocent civilians. Well, gee, how many of these Blackwater or whatever it's called on a given day, because they've renamed themselves every time they get bad publicity, so whether it's called Blackwater, XE, or whatever it is, how many of these mercenaries are we using, our government using today on the foreign battlefield is what I want to know. How many contracts currently exist right now with this mercenary outfit, ladies and gentlemen? Can anybody answer that? Is, is it classified? Does anybody know? According to a recent investigation, they say by The Intercept, more than a Half dozen of Prince's associates, including current and former business partners, four former U.S. intelligence officers, and other sources familiar with the Justice Department investigation, requested anonymity before discussing the ongoing federal investigation into Prince's secret skunk works program. Although Prince no longer leads the defunct Blackwater, evidence of his mercenary activities continues to surface, even after the notorious massacre in Nusora Square. Founded in 1997 a, by former CEO Eric Prince Blackwater, only uh, brought in roughly $200,000 per year before the events of 9-11. Oh, boy! But, man, was this war on terror a profitable venture for them, huh? 
just like the rest of the military-industrial complex. Money just rolls in. Share prices just skyrocket. This is why it's never going to end, by the way. Just so you know. Unless the people get mad enough and put a stop to it. Former President George W. Bush and former Vice President Despot Dick Cheney opened the floodgates awarding private mercenary armies with inflated government contracts and allowing them to operate with impunity. Although Barack Obama vowed on the campaign trail to curb the utilization of private contractors, well, guess what? <laughs> he broke his word. That's right, you can't believe a word any of these scumbags say. He broke his word by continuing to provide defense contracts to private mercenary armies, listeners. So you liberals out there thinking, oh, he's my savior. Oh, he's going to he's gonna end the war. Oh, he's going to close Gitmo. Oh, he's going to reel in the bankers. Oh, he's going to do all these wonderful things. He's going he's gonna to curb Wall Street. Yet, yeah, just shift all that to Bernie Sanders, baby, because you like being stabbed in the back, don't you? Yeah, you just love being knifed right in the back, right in the heart, from the back. Keep on worshiping these people that you think are going to be your saviors. Because you know what? Sitting behind this microphone, and I'm frustrated, I admit. But I got to tell you, folks, the American people have got to be some of the dumbest, stupidest, most gullible people on the face of the planet. To keep falling for the same nonsense over and over and over and over again. How many times do you keep listening to stupid, idiotic, moronic politicians get on TV and t feed you crap every single day and you suck it in like a hungry, like somebody walking through the desert, seeing a desert oasis. You suck it in because you love it. You must love to be lied to. Why else would you keep sucking it in? On the evening of December 24, 2006, Blackwater operative Andrew Moonin murdered Rahim Khalif, a security guard, to Iraqi Vice President Abil Abd al-Mahadi. When confronted by the security guard, Manoon pulled out his Glock 9mm pistol and shot him to death. After fleeing the scene, Moonin was fired for possessing a firearm while drunk. Oh, yeah. He was drunk. And secretly flown back to the U.S. before he could be charged with the murder. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of those uh, drunken morons at the, um, what was that? What was that investigator? Uh, hmm. Trying to remember now. Started with a W, I think. Anyway, they were they were pouring... Whiskey shots out of in drinking it out of each other's rear ends. Uh, uh, the name, name of it. Maybe it'll come to me after a while. These are kind of these are the kind of animals that you have with these mercenaries. And how is that going to be, ladies and gentlemen? See, we can laugh at foreign war zones. We can laugh at all these people. We can make fun. Oh yeah, we're killing brown people in foreign Middle Eastern areas. Yeah, sure. Why do I care that uh, private mercenary militaries are raping people in foreign lands? That doesn't affect me, right? 
What's going to happen when they're doing it to you? What's going to happen to men? What's going to happen when they're raping your wife? Oh, that wouldn't happen in America. Oh, really? You don't think so? Let me tell you, history is littered with people who believed that it couldn't happen to them. You think the United Nations isn't going to come to the United States in the form of private mercenary militaries? There's already places that are privatizing their police departments now. And, and believe it or not, we've covered the articles on the show. Where patriot people are promoting this idea as being a good idea. Oh, look how efficient they are. Excuse me, I don't necessarily want efficiency if it's going to cause... See, you got to look down the road, folks. Yeah, the, they might be better at fighting crime initially. I'm just floored at how, uh, anyway, i got to finish this up. Approximately noon on September 16, 2007, a Blackwater convoy, codenamed Raven 23, disobeyed orders from the U.S. Embassy officials to remain in the green zone and instead established a blockade at Nassour Square in Baghdad. While driving his mother to an appointment, Ahmad Haytham, Ahmed al-Rubiyah, stopped his white Kia sedan at the checkpoint and waited for the Blackwater mercenaries to let them pass. Hiding inside the convoy's command vehicle, Nicholas Slayton aimed his SR-25 rifle through the gun portal and fired around at Ahmed. As Ahmed's head exploded, oh gosh, his car slipped into neutral and slowly began to approach the Blackwater convoy. While attempted to stop the car, Iraqi police officer Ali Khalif Salman raised his left arm, signaling the shooters to stop firing inside the sedan. Ahmed's mother, Masan, um, gosh, you people in the Middle East really need to have real intelligible names. Uh, anyway, she clutched his bleeding head, screaming, my son, my son, help me, help me. I can't read anymore. Folks, what if, what if this is your mother? You know, and we're wondering why the rest of the world hates the United States. I love this country, but this government. To say it's satanic is, is just the understatement of the age. New York Times is reporting that Vladimir Putin, of course, we know, uh, what was it, a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago now? Seems like I'm always paying, playing catch-up on this show because things move so fast every single week. Putin ordered the uh, start of the withdrawal in Syria, saying that his goals were achieved. Well... I think Putin has done more to fight terrorism than our State Department ever. You know, at least Putin is not out there funding terrorists that I know of. 
And I'm not a big fan of Vladimir Putin. I don't trust the man. But I'll tell you what, I, at this point in time, put side by side with the scumbags at the State Department and our, and our Oval Office occupant, I have to say, I think I would trust Putin more I would than, the, than these turds that are occupying the federal government. Hey, at least he acts like he cares about his uh, people. At least he has a, an appearance that he cares about national sovereignty. He spoke out in favor of the Syrian people. Said we have no business meddling into their affairs. Anyway, Monday, uh, and this is uh, dated, what date is this? March 14th. Ordered the uh, withdrawal of the main part, quote-unquote, of Russian forces in Syria. Surprise move that reflected what he called the Kremlin's achievement of nearly all its objectives in the war-torn country. Now, there's a lot of people that are speculating on what this uh, on what this move really means. Uh, in fact, the BBC is saying that Russians are going to continue the airstrikes after the withdrawal. Uh, Russian Russia will continue airstrikes in Syria despite the withdrawal of most of its forces, a senior official has said. Uh, there was an analyst who was commenting about this Putin withdrawal. This is not really a withdrawal as we would commonly define it. In other words, the Russians will continue to have a presence in the western part of the country, in Tartus, but also Latakia. Uh, this includes air assets, uh, soldiers, and also, of course, a naval presence off the coast of Syria. So the question is, how, is this a political move? And I, I would kind of tend to believe that it is simply a political move by Putin. But regardless, uh, we have uh, other things taking place, and, and an interesting thing happened also this past week, I believe it was, where you had John Kerry come out, and this goes in line with what I was talking about before. I'm having to watch the clock here because we're almost up to the break already. But this goes in line with the... Uh, what I was talking about before regarding the mercenary stuff. And how long is it going to be before we have widespread mercenaries basically being the jackboots that police the American people? Uh, Kerry made the statement about Dash. He's commenting about Dash, which is their, what the locals... I wish they'd decide on a name. Because they call it ISIS, call it ISIL, call it the Islamic State, call it Daesh. But anyway, they're talking about this group over there in the Middle East, but now worldwide. And how now they're committing genocide. My purpose in appearing before you today is to assert that in my judgment, Daesh is responsible for genocide against groups in areas under its control, including Yazidis, Christians, and Shia Muslims. Daesh is genocidal by self-proclamation, by ideology, and by actions in what it says, what it believes, and what it does. Okay, now he made that, uh, that announcement at the State Department, came out there and just laid it out there, and then all of a sudden... Uh, you know, walked right out afterwards without ask, answering any questions. And this seems to be uh, Kerry's... I noticed that, that anytime Kerry addresses the press, 
He never sticks around for questions. Isn't that interesting? What's he afraid of is what I want to know. Anyway, we're going to tell you what I, well, at least explore the possibility of what this genocide announcement really means when we come back from the break. This is Govern America. We burn through the first hour. Stay with us. Hour number two is straight ahead. have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. We're here in the Antarctic where Amazing Alan will jump off this cliff with nothing to prevent him from hitting the icy water below but this thread attached to his Bermuda shorts. Uh, guys, what happened to the industrial strength bungee cord? Alan, this thread illustrates how most people put their trust in doing good deeds to get to heaven. Well, I'd rather trust a huge bungee cord. A bungee cord would be more representative of God's ability to save you. Well, why don't we illustrate trusting in God instead of trusting our good deeds? Then we wouldn't need a stuntman. Oh, well, this thread awfully small. And so are our good deeds compared to a holy and perfect God. Okay, let's go. Was this thread tied on tight? Wait, wait! (laughs) Okay, let's lower the bungee cord to get him out. Jesus paid the penalty for our sins. Have you accepted his gift of forgiveness? Or are you still trying to earn it? Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at lifelinepro.com.
the broadcast. This is Govern America. GovernAmerica.com is the website, www.GovernAmerica.com. You can join us in the chat room, chat.GovernAmerica.com. And my email address is radio at GovernAmerica.com. And uh, by the way, I wanted to, in the way of housekeeping, I wanted to say uh, welcome. We have a new affiliate, a uh, new network joining the uh, show. UCY TV is picking up our uh, broadcast starting in the second hour every week from now on. So I want to thank the Jules over there at UCY TV and also Chris in Canada for helping to, well, really, Chris is the one that did this. Uh, he uh, contacted Jules and uh, has been uh, working to try to make this happen for a long time. So thank you, Chris, and thank you, Jules, and welcome to all the folks at UCY TV. Welcome to Govern America. Uh, anyway, in the first hour, we were talking a little bit about the uh, situation with uh, the Russians withdrawing from the Middle East, which I don't believe is a withdrawal at all. I think it's a political move on Putin's part. We know Putin is really smart. He's a very smart guy, strategically, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens as the situation plays out. In the meantime, you had John Kerry, State Department scumbag, uh, making this announcement about Dash, and just in the way of refreshing your memory here, uh, he's uh, he's talking about how they're committing genocide over My there. purpose in appearing before you today is to assert that in my judgment, Dash is responsible for genocide against groups in areas under its control, including Yazidis, Christians, and Shia Muslims. Dash is genocidal by self-proclamation by ideology, and by actions, in what it says, what it believes, and what it does. So why why come out now and say that Daesh, ISIS, ISIL, Islamic State, whatever you want to call them, but the term he's using there is Daesh because I guess he explains or has explained in the past that Dash is the term that the locals use. And, and we, we know going back again, folks, for new listeners, the Judicial Watch papers, the Freedom of Information Act requests that Judicial Watch did and, and revealed the partially declassified documents, which revealed that the United States government was engineering and planning a Salafist organization. 
that would declare a caliphate over there in Syria to go against Bashar Assad. I link to that. If you go to newswithviews.com right now, up on the main page at the top, click on, on the little banner that has my name on it, and go there and read the article. Because in that article, I link directly to that document. This uh, Islamic State, if it if it was engineered or if it was uh, in operation, it was a loose organization, it certainly wasn't anything near what it is today. It's our government, the United States government, the State Department in particular, I point the finger right where it belongs, that engineered that whole thing. And now they've become a massive terrorist enterprise, which the United States government is supposedly fighting, even though really it's Putin that's doing more fighting than we are. But the point is, is that, oh, oh, well, they're committing genocide. Why announce that they're committing a genocide? Why now? Doing my research this past week, and especially this past few days, what I believe is going on here, listeners, is... uh. This puts it all, this whole process under the United Nations Convention. By making that declaration, what he's doing is it puts it under the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. This is a convention that the United Nations had in 1948. Now, I'll get to the convention here in just a moment, finishing up with Kerry real quick. We know, for example, that in August of 2014, Daesh killed hundreds of Yazidi men and older women in the town of Kocho and trapped tens of thousands of Yazidis on Mount Sinjar without allowing access to food, water, or medical care. Without our intervention, it was clear those people would have been slaughtered. Rescue efforts aided by coalition airstrikes ultimately saved many, but not before Daesh captured and enslaved thousands of Yazidi women and girls, selling them at auction, raping them at will, and destroying the communities in which they had lived for countless generations. We know that in Mosul, Karakash, and elsewhere, Daesh has executed Christians solely because of their faith, that it executed 49 Coptic and Ethiopian Christians in Libya, and that it has also forced Christian women and girls into sexual slavery. We know that Daesh massacred hundreds of Shia Turkmen and Shabaks at Talafar and Mosul, besieged and starved the Turkmen town of Armerli, and kidnapped hundreds of Shia Turkmen women, raping many in front of their own families. Sounds like a bunch of great guys, doesn't it? Well, uh... Anyway, I mentioned the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide. By making that announcement, by turning around and saying, hey, they're committing genocide, this under international agreements and this international convention, it obligates the United States to respond to the genocide. And this is a very important political distinction. Now, I say obligates because... Understand me, listeners, I'm not under any pretension that we have to, once we agree to a treaty, we have to maintain that adherence to that treaty. 
The United States does not have to be bound. We are a sovereign country. We can withdraw from any treaty that we want to at any time. And especially since we have the military to back that withdrawal, we, do, we can do, and, and they do, do anything they want. Many of the treaties that we our, na- our nation agrees to, we selectively adhere to. Okay, so... So it doesn't obligate in the sense, a real sense, but it obligates in the, uh, if you operate under the understanding that with these contracts, we're bound by it. Anyway, the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, it says the contracting parties have considered the declaration made by the General Assembly of the United Nations and the Resolution 96, dated 11 December 1946, that genocide is a crime under international law, contrary to the spirit and aims of the United Nations, and condemned by the civilized world. Uh, recognizing that all periods of history, genocide has inflicted great losses on humanity, and being convinced that in order to liberate mankind from such an odious scourge, international cooperation is required. Hereby agree as hereinafter provided. Okay, now they go on and define what uh, genocide is. They said in the present convention, genocide means any of the following acts committed with intent to destroy in whole or in part a national, ethical, racial, or religious group as such. A, killing members of the group. B, causing serious bodily or mental harm to members of the group. C, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction in whole or part. D, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. E, forcefully transferring children of the group to another group. You know, as I was reading this, I got to thinking, (laughs) uh, the United States commits genocide all the time. (laughs) Uh, As I look at this, nearly all of this, the United States has done or is continuing to do, killing members of groups. Causing serious bodily or mental harm to groups, members of the groups, uh, deliberately inflicting on the group conditions of life calculated to bring about its physical destruction, imposing measures intended to prevent births within the groups. Well, we've done that historically, too, our our, our government has. Uh, if you don't think so, look up uh, the National Security Study Memorandum 200. <laughs> yeah, depopulation is a big part of this whole plan, listeners. And the United States has targeted countries for depopulation. NSSM 200, look it up. And if you think that that ended with Kissinger and his bunch, uh, you better think again. Anyway, they say the following acts shall be punishable. Genocide, conspiracy to commit genocide, direct and public incitement to commit genocide, attempts to commit genocide, complicity in genocide. Uh, Skipping down to Article 9, because this is really where the rubber hits the road. Uh, Disputes between the contracting parties, that is, the parties to the convention, relating to the interpretation, application, or fulfillment of the present convention, including those relating to the responsibility of the state for genocide or any other acts enumerated in Article 3, shall be submitted to the International Court of Justice. 
at the request of any of the parties to the dispute. Now, why is this important? Why should we care? Oh, this is international stuff. Oh, this is stuff that affects the Middle East, but it really doesn't affect us here at home. Who cares? Well, I guess you could take that position except for one thing. Let's go back to National Security Study Memory. I'm sorry, the National Defense Authorization Act of 2012 is what I meant to say. The NDAA, remember that one? Uh, let's see, let's go over to it. That was uh, Section 1021 and 61022. Just to refresh your memory a little bit. The U.S. Constitution, and this comes from the Tenth Amendment Center. The U.S. Constitution generally guarantees the, the privilege of the writ of habeas corpus. The writ of habeas corpus is a court order a prisoner can obtain requiring the jailer to come into court and justify his detention of the prisoner. It is a traditional way in which those held can demand a fair trial by jury in a civilian court. A civilian court, in other words, a domestic court, listeners. The writ of habeas corpus is a treasured part of our traditional liberty. Belief that the British were infringing, infringing it was one of the causes of the American Revolution. By the Constitution's original meaning, the privilege of... I'm having a tough, tough time spitting it out today, forgive me. By the Constitution's original meaning, the privilege of writ of habeas corpus is guaranteed to those, to all those, in the allegiance to the United States. Allegiance is an old technical legal term that includes both citizens and aliens legally in the country. And the key word there is legally in the country. By successfully convincing a judge to issue a writ of habeas corpus, citizens, foreign visitors, and legal residents may obtain a hearing that may induce the judge to order a civilian trial. It matters not how heinous the crimes are that they are accused of. Uh, for example, a person charged with trying to blow up a building on behalf of a foreign power can be charged with treason. But while still merely accused, he is entitled to all the protections of due process, including a fair public trial before a jury of his peers. Anyway, habeas corpus, under the Constitution, they say, does not apply if the Congress, as the incident to its war power, suspends the writ for a particular time and place. However... The Constitution says that Congress may suspend the writ only when in cases of rebellion or invasion, the public safety may require it. And this is how they're using this whole idea of terrorism. Because, hey, here's a loophole. Here's a place that we can exploit. All we have to do is say the Islamic State is a threat here in the United States. And guess what? Suddenly, the public safety requires the suspension of habeas corpus and all your other rights. Congratulations. You've got no constitutional rights. Now, this whole Kerry-Dash declaration and how this whole thing fits in, in my view, by calling this ISIS-Genocide and kicking it into the arena of the United Nations Convention on the Prevention and Punishment of the Crime of Genocide, what they could be doing is 
bringing about a situation where the war on terror again is turned inward. Listeners, because if the crime of genocide is associated with a particular terrorist group, and they're saying this terrorist group is operating inside the United States, anybody can be accused of working with these terrorist groups. And you can be brought up and brought in and would not be subject to the jurisdiction of the domestic court system. That's what I think this is about. I don't think this is a stretch. This is a way of bringing in international law, the International Criminal Court of Justice, which is a part, in fact, they mention in this, again, Article 9. Disputes between the contracting parties relating to the interpretation, application, or fulfillment of the present convention, including those relating to the responsibility of a state for genocide or any other acts enumerated in Article 3, shall be submitted to the International Court of Justice at the request of any of the parties to the dispute. And they go on to talk about the United Nations Charter. And I'm not going to read the whole convention, although you could. We could. It's, it's not very long. But I put it up on the website if you want to read it. Go ahead and read it. We have uh, Chapter 14 of the uh, United Nations Charter, which deals with the International Court of Justice. And all of this stuff will be in the show notes when we post the archive of the show at the website governamerica.com. But this is a significant thing. Folks, they don't do this stuff. They don't do this stuff haphazardly. And you had in the uh, State Department press briefing, the next one after this, uh, John Kirby, the uh, spokeshole there at the uh, State Department, being drilled by, I think it was Saeed, one of the reporters there in the room, as to what the, uh, what the question really, you know, what, what's really the meaning of this? What this um, determination does is it helps us lay out for the sake of history uh, what we all know and have seen this group do. Now listen to him as he tries to answer this question. This is John Kirby, the spokeshole at the State Department, paid liar, listener, listeners, uh, <clears throat> getting up there and trying to explain what you just heard John Kerry say. And people uh, in Iraq and in Syria. It also recognizes um, in a very overt way uh, the suffering uh, of so many of those individuals um, and recognizes that. And number three, we hope that it will help galvanize uh, communities here at home and abroad. Communities, galvanize communities here at home. All you folks are all your role in the future will be to fight uh, as well domestic as terrorism, listeners. Everyone's going to be working together to form the police state. Galvanize uh, communities here at home and abroad, uh, as well as non-governmental organizations. Um, they, they galvanize the world, quite frankly, um, uh, to help us all do more to defeat this group, as well as to help 
us continue to collect and analyze uh, information and, uh, about their atrocities. Nothing they ever do, listeners, is just based on symbolism. There's always substance there somewhere. I'm not hearing a whole lot of substance in his explanation. What he's talking about is BS. There is a greater, deeper reason for this declaration. If you're asking me, is it going to change the military strategy against Dash? I, I don't foresee that. Uh, well, then why do it, Kirby? Why do it? That the president has already decided months ago uh, and ordered uh, the interagency to intensify our efforts against this group, not just militarily, but certainly the military line of effort is, is one of them, and we have done that. And I think you're going to see that continue. That intensification is not over. So there's been an intense effort here uh, in just the last several months, separate and distinct from the work that got us to this determination today uh, to to uh, to go after this group uh, with more energy um, and uh, with with more effort along all the lines of efforts. So so that I don't foresee uh, an implication from this determination specifically to the strategy or policy about defeating and and destroying this group. There's no implication. I don't see it. So it's all symbolism? Is that what he's saying here? It's all just, uh, you know, we just want to recognize the historical significance of, of, of what this group has done. Well, gee, hmm, maybe you shouldn't have armed the group, huh? Maybe you shouldn't have dropped weapons to the group. Maybe you shouldn't have armed those, quote-unquote, moderate Syrian rebels so that they could go become this group. But no, 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 none of that is matters. No, no, no. We've got to recognize the atrocities, the genocide that they've committed. And the other thing I would say is that, you know, back in August of 2014, when it was clear they were trying to uh, basically exterminate all the Yazidi res residents on Mount Sinjar, that's when the air campaign started against them, August of 2014. And, and from about that time, we've just been acting as if these are acts of genocide, because clearly that was their intent. They stated it, and they were trying to enact it in Mount Sinjar. So we have, for all practical purposes, treated it as genocide from, from almost the beginning. So what, what, is, what is intensifying then? I'm sorry, you talked about an intensifying that will occur further. What what is going to be intensified? Well, we've further? intensified certainly intensified the uh, pace and scope of airstrikes, and I'll let the Pentagon talk about that. We've intensified our efforts to try to counter their messaging, and uh, you know our undersecretary here, Rick Stengel, for public diplomacy, he's uh, uh, working uh, with partners around the world to stand up counter messaging centers. Um, we have definitely put more pressure on their financial network and revenues, um, um, and I, I think you know in in the in just so what, last couple of months, Afghanistan now has joined the coalition. So there has been an intensification nationally and internationally against this group. I also think, Arshad, that, that you're going to see that continue. You know, I asked you what will intensify further, and you talked about what has intensified the airstrikes, which the Pentagon can talk about, uh, undersecretary Stengel's efforts to counter the message. But are you saying that all those things are now going to intensify? Okay, now, now listen to what he says next, listeners. This comment, even if you don't agree with my take on this, this next comment will let you know that there's more to it than they're letting on. Listen to what the spokeshole for the State Department says. 
John Kirby, listen to what he says. Result of today's determination? No, but they're going to intensify because the president said they're going to Got intensify. It. So Thanks. we are, and we are can continue to keep the pressure up on them. Um, but this, this, as the secretary said, calling calling this what it is is important, and it's important for other reasons as well. For other reasons as well. Now, what's interesting about this is that little comment. Other reasons as well. Those four words just slipped by everybody in that press room. Nobody pressed him. What do you mean other reasons? What other reasons? What other reasons? What other reasons? Why aren't you elaborating on that? I'm telling you, folks, this is significant. Now, and again, we come back to uh, the various cooperation with domestic terrorists, which is what my article is about today. On newswithviews.com, uh, NATO is harboring the Islamic State. This is uh, from medium.com, uh, the French foreign ministry. Because keep in mind, the Belgium terrorist attack, again, another false flag operation in my opinion, as most of them seem to be today. Uh, the French foreign ministry... July 2015 says we stand alongside Turkey in its efforts in protecting its inter- inter- its national security and fighting against terrorism. France and Turkey are on the same side within the framework of the international coalition against the terrorist group ISIS. Except for one thing, Turkey is allowing the supply lines to ISIS everywhere you go. What's going on here, listeners? Uh, they say the 13th November Paris Massacre will be remembered like 9-11 as a defining moment in world history. The murder of 129 people, the injury of 352 more by Islamic State or ISIS, striking multiple targets simultaneously in the heart of Europe, mark a major sea change in the terror threat. For the first time, a Mumbai-style attack has occurred on Western soil, the worst attack in Europe in decades. As such, it has triggered a seemingly commensurate response from France, the declaration of a nationwide state of emergency. The likes of which have not been seen since the 1961 Algerian War. ISIS has followed up with threats to attack Washington and New York City. So, listeners, time to be Be afraid. afraid. Be very afraid. That's right. Quake in your boots. They're coming to get you. The big bad boogeyman. They're going to take you down. Stay with us. Speaking of being took down, we've got to take down this broadcast for a few minutes. We'll be back in a moment. This is Govern America. In the classic science fiction novel, Brave New World, people are little more than manufactured products. The authorities clone human embryos, drug them, and develop them in mechanical wombs. At least in the story, they are allowed to live. But we are faced with an even worse reality. Recently, scientists announced the construction of the first artificial womb. Some hope it will eventually be used to grow embryos whose organs would be harvested. These human embryos would be killed and scavenged for parts. As science grows ever more sophisticated, we face a choice as a society. We can move toward a brave new world, where every technological advance helps the powerful profit from the helpless, or we can build a humane world in which every human being is free from exploitation. 
Which do you want? This has been a perspective on life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website at nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. have a heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom I'm not gonna take anymore Sick and tired of it, that's for sure Spending away to kingdom come While losing more of our freedom Govern America I'll take big government spending, please For one trillion Look at us gamble, so heavy in debt No way possible to pay off the bed Inflating our money, nothing but hell Disaster news Somewhere I see it ready All that remains Over once great story Now sad refrain The founders knew What they were talking about Now who we gonna call When we need a bailout We are not gonna take anymore We're sick and tired Of the dots fall strong Spending away To kingdom come While losing more Of our freedom Alright Steve Dora brings us back into the broadcast. This is Govern America. As we continue on here in what is the fastest three hours of talk radio. And uh, we're talking about the situation in Belgium, uh, the uh, situation in Europe, uh, the situation with open borders everywhere you go, and the fact that migrants can flow, terrorists can flow, listeners. And this is the point. The more globalism, and globalism is the problem, the more of it you do, the more diseases you get, the more poverty you get, the more terrorism you get, the more problems you get. Everything can be pinned on the psychopaths running the country and the world. And I keep waiting for the average American to put down the shiny toys, turn off the stupid sports, and pay attention to things that really matter. 
No, your presidential saviors are not going to help you. They're all working for the same scumbags. Uh, we see from this Medium article, medium.com, Holland, the French leader, they call him a president. And why are all the nations of the world leaders? Why are they all all of a sudden presidents? Anyway, he says they said he wants the European leaders to suspend the Schengen Agreement. Schengen, Schengen Agreement is how you pronounce it. Schengen Agreement. What is the Schengen Agreement? The Schengen Agreement, listeners, is a treaty which led to the creation of Europe's borderless Schengen area. And now that was that came along around June 14, 1985. According to Wikipedia, five and of the ten member states of the then European Economic Community, uh, which uh, which was formed near the town of Schengen, Luxembourg. Now, the question is, or, or the thing I want you to take note of, you know, we, we just had an administration, the George W. Bush administration. And during the George W. Bush administration, they were talking about building a North American community. Do you remember that? Right around, I guess, 2005, uh, they issued, they had a task force, and they, uh, the task force issued a report, the report of the Independent Task Force on the Future of North America. And, of course, the task force, if I remember correctly, was a part of the Council on Foreign Relations. Yeah, that group. Uh, the American branch of the British European Institute for International Affairs. Anyway, the, the CFR entered, uh, issued this report on the future of North America, and they called it a North American community. And at that time, George W. Bush was leading with the Can Canadian Prime Minister and the Mexican so-called President, and they were talking about drawing an outer security perimeter, basically a perimeter of security around the three countries, which would be a region. Now, for those who think, who, who claim that these regional bodies are not about eliminating borders, this European Economic Community was created in 1985. That was the infancy of the European Union, Union, what would later become the EU. So you can see how they did it over there, and they're following it over here exactly the same way. This is a logical, linear way of thinking, folks. It proposed this European economic community, the gradual abolition of border checks at the signatories' common borders. Measured proposed, uh, measures proposed included reduced speed vehicle checks, with allowed vehicles to cross borders without stopping, allowing residents in border areas freedom to cross borders away from the fixed checkpoints, and the harmonization of visa policies. 
1990, the agreement was uh, supplemented by the Schengen Convention, which proposed the abolition of internal border patrols, uh, border controls, and a common visa policy. The Schengen area operates very much like a single state, listeners. For international travel purposes, with external border controls for travelers entering and exiting the area and common visas, but with no internal border controls. It currently consists of 26 European countries covering a population of over 400 million people and an area of 4,312,099 square kilometers. That's 1.6 million square miles, roughly. Originally, these Schengen treaties, they say, and the rules adopted under them operated independently of the European Union. However, in 1999, they were incorporated into the European Union law by the Amsterdam Treaty, while providing opt-outs for the only two EU member states which had remained outside the area, Ireland and the United Kingdom. Schengen, Schengen is now a core part of the EU law in all EU member states without an opt-out, which have not already joined the Schengen area, are legally obliged to do so when technical requirements have been met. Several non-EU countries are included in the area. So, uh, and again, what's the Schengen area? 26, currently it comprises 26 European countries. And again, they've abolished passport and any other type of border control at their common borders. How is this working out for them, folks? Well, let's see. More terrorism? Flooding the Europe with migrants who can freely move about? Uh, let's see. Let's talk about their finances. We have certain countries of the EU bailing out other bankrupt countries of the EU and the whole system is on the verge of collapse. You've got Britain now talking about their Brexit, and there's a referendum pending over there for, I think, June, if I remember correctly, because people are so upset. So it's working wonderfully, isn't it? Don't we all want to emulate this? Isn't this just such a great idea? And folks, it's not it's not difficult to make arguments against this stuff. I don't understand why people why anybody would go for it, except unless they're just profiting from it. I do understand the love of money is the root of all evil. And I do understand that this is the reason why a lot of these people buy into this stuff and push this stuff. But these small percentage versus the overall population. problem is they're leading us around by the nose. Uh, there is a such thing, in fact, this is what the French so-called president wants to accomplish, is putting everything under the, the airlines under the passenger name record or PNR system. Uh, the EU reached an agreement. In fact, the BBC reported uh, EU has agreed on a system to share airline passenger details 
in a bid to improve counterterrorism efforts. And see, there you go. Everything is being done through the use of the Hegelian dialectic, creating the problem, using the problem to bring about the change. Passenger name record, or PNR system, will allow access to passenger information, including names, contact details, and credit cards. Details will be collected from European carrier flights entering or leaving the EU, as well as other uh, from, from those between member countries. Security concerns were raised, hey, hey, following the 13 November attacks in Paris. Another false flag, listeners. Keep in mind, we showed you that photograph. We had it up on the website showing Holland grinning from ear to ear as he left, as he was in the ballpark, leaving the ballpark, where he was watching, what was it, a soccer game? Grinning from ear to ear as all of his countrymen around him were dying in this terror attack. Why was he grinning? Because he knew he was going to lock down the country. He knew this was a part of the plan. See, we can't, the average person can't comprehend this level of evil, the level of diabolical evil that exists among these leaders. Here we see from the uh, website Europa.eu about the passenger, the EU passenger name record proposal. They say the proposal deal reached by Parliament and Council negotiations on 2nd December 2015 on the EU Directive regulating the use of passenger name record data for the prevention, detection, investigation, and prosecution of terrorist offenses and serious crime was endorsed by the Civil Liberties, Justice, and Home Affairs Committee on 10 December 2015 by 38 votes to 19 with two abstentions. The proposed EU PNR Directive would oblige airlines to hand EU countries their passengers' data in order to help the authorities to fight terrorism and serious crime. It would require more systematic collection, use, and retention of PNR data on air passengers and would therefore have to impact, have an impact on the rights to privacy and data protection. MEP sought to uh, ensure, in three-way talks, trialogues with the Council and Commission, that the draft law complies with the proportionality principle and includes strict personal data protection safeguards. Oh, of course. Yeah, you can trust government with your with your information. You can trust them. There's never any data breaches in the world. Well, except for that um, hacking at the corporate headquarters of Target. Uh, with all the credit card information. Oh, yeah, and Home Depot. And, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, the uh, OPM database hack at the government level, uh, which basically caused all the private details of, well, every single intelligence agent employed by the United States government. And, oh, yeah, by the way, anybody who applied for security clearance, yeah, it's all into the hands of somebody now. We don't know who. <laughs> Yeah, we can, you can trust corporations and government with your private information. No problem. What could possibly go wrong? 
anyway, I think I've covered the uh, passenger name record system. Uh, there is a, by the way, there's an agreement. If you think this is just in Europe, Wikipedia, the agreement between the United States of, of America and the United and the European Union on the use and transfer of passenger name records to the United States Department of Homeland Security. This, listeners, is an international agreement between the U.S. of A. and the European Union that was signed on 14 December 2011 for the purpose of providing passenger name security uh, records from air carriers operating passenger flights to the United States Department of Homeland Security to ensure security and to protect the life, safety of the public, according to Article 1 of the agreement. Now, you talk to the average person on the street, and they'll say, hmm, well, you know, I, I don't like all this stuff, but I guess they need to do it. I guess it's important to keep us safe. This is the beauty from their standpoint of the Hegelian dialectic, ladies and gentlemen. Because all of this is contrived. It is a false argument. It is a false pretense. <sighs> all right, Reuters says three more arrested in Brussels police operation over attacks. Uh, we see uh, Belgian police arrested three more people on Friday as investigators into Tuesday's suicide bombings by Islamist militants in Brussels threw up more links to killings in Paris last year. Federal prosecutor's office said the operation was connected to the arrest in Paris on Thursday of an Islamist convicted in Belgium last year and suspected of plotting a new attack. Nine people in total have been arrested since Thursday in Belgium and two in Germany as European authorities swoop on Islamic State militants. They both they link both to the Brussels bombings that killed 31 people and to the to the attacks in Paris last November that killed 130. So Belgium, I'm sure, just like France, is becoming a police state on lockdown. They're going to use this in whatever way they can. And understand me that there was a a forum taking place discussing terrorism just days prior to this event. Uh and 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 just like with uh Paris attacks, anytime any terrorism event happens anywhere in the world, listeners, we got to have the security state in full force. Uh, Breitbart top jihadist claims Islamic State has agents working in Western airports. Oh, boy. Dateline Tel Aviv, the Islamic State has agents working in Western airports, metro stations, and very sensitive facilities in the world. A leading Islamic State allied militant claimed in an exclusive interview. Abu al-Anya al-Ansari, a Salafist movement senior official in the Gaza Strip, made the claim in a pre-recorded hour-long interview to air in full on Sunday. On Aaron Klein Investigative Radio, the popular weekend talk radio program on New York's AM 970, The Answer, and News Talk 990 
a.m. in Philadelphia. Klein doubles as Breitbart senior investigative reporter and Jerusalem bureau chief. Well, gee, how did he get a hold of this guy? Maybe, maybe we should try to figure out how to track him down, huh? If he knows so much. Answer is a well-known Gazan Salafist jihadist. Allied with the Islamic State ideology. During the interview with Klein, Ansari seemed to be speaking as an actual IS member, repeatedly using the pronoun we when referring to IS and even seemingly making declarations on behalf of IS. IS has been reluctant to officially declare its presence in Gaza for fear of Hamas clampdown, but the group is known to be active in the coastal enclave and Ansari is a suspected IS leader. Anyway, it goes on from there. The point is, they're saying Western airports is, a, is, is an attack point. It's an attack surface. So it all comes into, oh, let's have more people at the airport. We need to have more. Well, folks, why were they having meetings just days prior to the event on terrorism. Why were they having meetings in Belgium? The very people, you know, people from Congress, this is what my article addresses. People from Congress were over there in Belgium. People from the Obama administration were over there in Belgium. They were meeting, they were having high-level meetings to discuss the topic of terrorism just prior to the terrorism. Were they organizing the meeting is my question, listeners. Is that why they were over there? They walked through the very airport where a few days later these bombs would go off. What are the odds, listeners? <clears throat> what are the odds? I guess the bombings, uh, in this, in this Brussels forum, this, this, they had this forum over there taking place, as I said, a few days prior. One of the people that were uh, speaking there at the forum, in fact, one of the, one of the uh, meetings, they had multiple meetings, multiple foray, I guess is what you'd call it was rethinking the security paradigm. Well, I guess if bombings break out, you have no choice to but to rethink the security paradigm. But this uh, Nancy Lindborg was speaking there, and she's the president of the United States Institute of Peace. She's talking about how we need to understand. Well, we got to understand the terrorists. We work in probably about 20 conflict-affected countries around the world. And what is common is all of them uh, would rank very high on any index of fragility. Um, and that is measured in terms of uh, illegitimacy of the government, inability to uh, keep their citizens secure, to provide services. And Iraq um, is really a microcosm of that. Okay, now that's kind of interesting what she said there. Illegitimacy of government in Iraq. Excuse me, Iraq had no problem keeping its citizens secure, lady, and providing services when Saddam Hussein was in power. It was only when your forum scumbag colleagues at the Royal Institute for International Affairs 
and the CFR and it's you know you it's U.S. branch decided to go in overthrow the government there that it became unstable and unable to offer services to keep their people safe. And, and just to underscore the point that it's, it's highly complex and there are many, many factors that go into what continues to feed the conflict and how one might move out of it. Um, it also proves the point that it's also quite local. It's quite local and specific. And so, for example, in Ramadi, where we have been working to prepare a negotiation, uh, working with uh, stakeholders, what do they care most about? They care about they haven't had a voice in their government. They don't feel secure and they don't trust what is a highly factionalized security landscape with each group having their own armed forces. Um, they uh, also want to have more control over their local government, this decentralization agenda. If you go to Nigeria, where I was three weeks ago, you have almost the same set of issues, but in the local context of, w of what's going on in the religious, tribal, la uh, governmental landscape there. And so I would, I would underscore that, one, we need to understand the forces of violent extremism, mm -hmm. not just at the national or international level, but at a community level, at a, at, a, at a provincial level. What are the forces that cause people to either be resilient or cause them to be susceptible when a violent ideology harnesses those local grievances? You know, that reminds me of is when Marie Harf at the State Department, the other State Department spokeshole, uh, who's no longer there at the, well, at least she's not doing the press conferences anymore. She got on Fox News and said, oh, you know, we need to find jobs for the jihadists. You know, that's the problem. Uh, we, we need to have something for them to do. There's nothing else they, they got to do, so that's why they blow things up. Give me a break, man. You know, why do people become jihadists? You know, let's see. Hmm, I can't imagine why. Let's see, having their innocent families bombed into smithereens? Uh, could that be part of it? The White it? House has announced it will release data showing just how many people have died as a result of Obama's drone war. Under the Obama administration since 2009, the use of drones to hit targets overseas has been drastically expanded. With the United States keeping an active drone presence in at least eight countries, possibly nine, and that's just what we know. According to the Bureau of Investigative Journalism, in just the four countries they track, Somalia, Yemen, Pakistan, and Afghanistan, throughout the entire Bush administration, 52 strikes were conducted, all in Pakistan. Under Obama, not only has the number of countries involved increased, but the most up-to-date number shows 823 strikes have been conducted and counting. And the method is not fail-proof. The intercepts found last year that, for example, between January 2012 and February 2013, U.S. Special Operations airstrikes killed more than 200 people. Of those, only 35 were the intended targets. During one five-month period of the operation, According to documents, nearly 90% of the people killed in airstrikes were not the intended targets. 90% were basically innocent people, apparently. I mean, they weren't the intended targets, so we can assume that they were innocent people, right? Gee, hmm, I can't imagine why anybody would ever want to become, would join a jihadist group. Why would anybody ever want to join a jihadist group and, and, and blow things up? Why would they ever become frustrated enough to do this, ladies and gentlemen? Oh, I don't know. Could it be the fact that we're murdering their families? 
You talk now earlier we played the audio from John Kerry talking about genocide. Ah, oh, the Islamic State. They're committing genocide everywhere. What do we do? Gee, ladies and gentlemen, who are the genocidal people? Who are the genocidal scumbags? People at the State Department, listeners. That's the point. The people at the State Department, they are the genocidal scumbags. I'll tell you what, if you want to join in the conversation, it's not really a conversation, it's just me. If you want to have a conversation, you can call us here at uh, toll-free 1-844-646-8376. That's 844-646-8376. But more on the way in hour number three of Govern America as we continue here. Please stay with us. Allen, who will attempt to put out this small campfire using this pail of clear liquid. So I'm going to illustrate how to properly put out a campfire? No, Alan. The campfire represents someone who is angry. You're going to illustrate the wrong way to handle an angry person. Oh, okay. And action! Okay, kids. Remember, when putting out a fire, pour the water directly on the... Whoa! Guys! Major fire here! What do I do? Use more liquid, Alan. Okay! This ain't helping! That's right, Alan. When we answer an angry person harshly, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. This is gasoline? The Bible says a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When dealing with someone who is angry, we need to be gentle and answer with patience and kindness. Oh, I get it. But was it really necessary to burn off my eyebrows to make this point, guys? Another message from Lifeline Productions, the comic strip of radio at LifelinePro.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. So often when we think of abortions, we think just about those performed in the United States. But these kill only about 3% of all aborted children worldwide. An estimated 46 million of the most innocent people on earth are lost annually. One of the worst cases in the world is Russia, where over three-fifths of all pregnancies are aborted. These abortions not only result in a 30% maternal mortality rate in Russia, but also contribute to Russia's catastrophic population decline. 
The crisis is such that the Russian government recently began to prohibit some abortions. If Russia can do it, why can't the United States? This has been a perspective on life from National Right to Life. For more information, visit our website at nrlc.org. That's nrlc.org. I'm Darren Weeks as we continue on here. Final hour of the show here as it continues to be the 26th of March, 2016. Moving rapidly through spring. Yeah, it's just amazing how fast the time goes. Uh, this year will be over before you know it. And we'll be looking at 2017 and all the wonderful things that that brings. Uh, this is why you can't worry when these people threaten you with, oh, you're going to die. Oh, you're going to be a victim of a terrorist attack. Ladies and gentlemen, you're going to die anyway. Every single one of us was born with a death sentence hanging over our head. Why worry about it? Why worry about it? See, if they can ever quit, they can ever cause you to quit. To, to live in fear, you will do anything. They can cause you to live in fear. To get past that point, you won't be led around by the nose. We were playing audio before the break from this Brussels forum, or 4A. There's a number of different meetings that were held over there discussing the... With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.